Hey, man, what's up? I'm not even going to take a whole bunch of time on this because I already know what you came here for. Uh, this is the second annual People's Grammy nominations. And everybody here getting a People's Grammy, man, because this is what's most important. These are all the albums that did not get the love that they should have and either won't probably won't receive a Grammy or will never receive a Grammy because, you know, if you don't make it in that year, then you just don't get it. And we all know that the Grammys don't always support who we think they should. And this is a way for everybody to get their favorite artists and their favorite songs out there. So without further ado, man, this is uh, just me with a bunch of different interviews with people around me, real people who have real loves and real interests and real passions about the music that they listen to. And uh, this is just a chance to get to hear them speak their minds about the albums that they want to talk about. So without further ado, we're going to go ahead and get started. All right, man. CJ, what's up, man? Yo. So, uh, I guess, yeah, it's your, I mean, this is your first time on the podcast. So my thanks. first time, you know, it took too long, in my opinion. <laughs> you feel me? We we had this planned out months ago. I mean, but here we are. <laughs> here we are. I'm glad to be here. Glad to give my pick. It's probably the most important pick of them all. Yeah, wow. You know, and I'm just setting the bar. I'm letting everybody else know. Hey man, the thing these things take time. These things take time. <laughs> everybody's got schedules. Everybody's a uh, everybody's a celebrity out here. They have nah, their own things sure. that they're they're, like they're doing for sure. So you know, I'd be lucky enough to get them in here when I get them in. Hey man, this better not be my last time on here. I'm already a fan, <laughs> and I like to listen to myself talk. So <laughs> let's believe I need to be on another episode. I appreciate that. Uh, so we're here from a, for a Grammy pick, man. So who who'd you end up going with, and what'd you end up going with? Okay, so so my Grammy pick was uh, album of the year, and I went with Vince Staples' self titled album because I felt like one, it was a quick, easy listen. Like 20, 25 minutes, it's something 22 like that. Minutes. It's like literally an episode. Yeah, on yeah. TV. 22 minutes exactly. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm okay with that within those 10 tracks. That means you're giving me, you know, a good enough vibe where it could be like a drive to work, to the gym, anything. Like it ain't something I'm going to have to get out the car and get back in the car and continue listening to. It's real quick, yeah. straight to the point. And I appreciate that. He appreciates my time. Yeah. And my time is important. <laughs> you feel me? So that's that's definitely my pick. That's my pick for sure. I do appreciate that because, you know, sometimes, I, of course, I appreciate a long album if all the tracks are good and all that good stuff. But it is nice to just be able to listen to an album and be through with it in a drive somewhere or just walking around the house doing something, you know. Exactly. A quick cleanup before a shorty slide through, 22 minutes. Yeah. You know, you can't relate, but. That's <laughs> But I'm I'm still out here. You feel me? So like I appreciate that. That is pretty vital. I do. That is yeah. Shout out to him for respecting my time. Right. I'm about to go eat. Let me turn on this Vince Staples. You yeah. feel me? We're just doing a quick slide to something, you know. Let me turn on this Vince Staples. He be talking about sliding on here actually. You a whole do, lot of slides. You can do a whole lot of drive. You can do a quick drive by and get back before the album's over. Listening to that Vince Staples. That's and that's what I appreciate. It's real quick to the point. But it's it's very I feel like it's very 
thought out, very methodical. Mm. Uh, I don't know if you watch him in Staples interviews, but he mentioned that he make his albums for like um, movies and stuff like that. Yeah, they call them placements. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's fire. Yeah. You're right. Uh, Vince Staples is a really smart dude. I've been aware of him for, he's been around for a while now in terms of making music and being big. I think he was, I think he was an XXL freshman at a point. I'm not sure about that. I wouldn't be surprised, but, not sure, but that was years ago. First album dropped 2014. It's 2022 now, seven, eight years. Eight years, and he about to drop another one on the eighth, so. Yeah. That's a long time to be, uh, people are still checking for you and looking for you when new releases drop. Yeah, sure. and he only getting better. He, yeah, some people, they after a while, they don't really have much, too much to say, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, they kind of, you know, I hate to use the word, like, fall off, but, like, you don't see them put out any music anymore, or... If they do, you're not even aware of it because nobody's announced it to anyone. Yeah, bro. They be falling off. It's okay to say they be falling off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was a, a XXL freshman in 2015. Makes sense. So, Makes sense. And a lot of those XXL freshmen, there are a lot of them you don't know anything about anymore. Yeah, and Vince is still relevant. And Vince is and still I relevant. And I love that. Yeah. But you're right about these placements things, which might change how you actually make your music, especially mm-hmm. since that seems to be his main at least the way that he's talking to his main focus, so it gets in movies and TV shows and video games and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And you get paid off of that kind of stuff. And I think every time it plays, you probably get a royalty check of some kind. You know? Yep, and he said he don't even... Um, every time he sell it to a company or something like that, they don't even always use it. So he get the opportunity to keep giving it away mm-hmm. over and over again. Because yeah. if they don't use it, they just pay him to not use it, and he... Go give it to somebody else. I'm like, bro, that's genius. Yeah. So, so why this album? Because you could have picked any of Vince's albums or any artist. Why? Why uh, the self-title? Going with the self-title album because uh, it kind of fits um my energy within life at the moment, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I I know everybody don't listen to Vince, but when they go check this out, because they should. It's a very um, what is it monotone monotone album. Yeah, you know he don't get too high, he don't get too low. Mm. It ain't deep, dark, and depressing. But like when it come on, I don't feel like I gotta get turned up every time I listen to it either. Yeah, it's literally like a good everyday. Turn it on, go run some errands or something, mm-hmm. and then you good. Like it ain't nothing too crazy. But he's saying some real stuff. He's saying a lot of real stuff that you can relate to. And then he got uh, the wonderful Fouché featured on there. I love her voice. Which track is that one? Do you know? For sure? Take Me Home. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. I love the way she sounds on anything, literally. Yeah, I don't think I was too aware of her or like knew of her at all when mm-hmm. uh, I was kind of listening to this. But when I heard her voice come on, I don't think he says, I don't think any of the tracks have like a featuring whoever they I'm, i don't think they do so it won't I, say featuring like on the title it'll be like yeah on the uh i don't even know oh I yeah like I see subheading. I see yeah the subheading on side of i do see her but she she does have a beautiful voice uh and i'm glad that you did say, shout her out because i think she's the only feature on this entire yeah, album only feature yeah and like i don't know if you watch his uh 
was it a tiny desk? It was like a tiny desk. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a tiny desk though. Okay. Like it wasn't in the same spot. But um she was on there too and she sounded just as good. Just like I'm assuming that would be live. She sounded just it as good. Pretty much is live. Yeah. You know. One take. She sounded just as yeah, good to me. One take. No no uh post editing and stuff when you yeah, stuff I would like hope that. not. Right. <laughs> they could. They could tune the, the the voices, but she sounded amazing. And I'm like an actual fan. Like I listened to her her um work solo mm-hmm. and even like she got another song with uh Lil Wayne. Okay. Called I believe it's called Gold Fronts. Okay. It's fire. You gotta check it out. Yeah. Um do you have a a favorite song on here? Any lines that kinda stick out to you when you're listening through on this thing? Uh, I probably go with Law Averages. It's like the second song on here. Mm-hmm. And he was just speaking to me. He speaking to me. I ain't even going to say everything is what I live by. But he was speaking to me. You feel me? Like, the first thing he come in, he, you feel me? He fuck a bitch. I don't trust no bitch with my government. I'm, Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, that's how we started off. Then it's fuck a friend. I don't want no friends with no open hands. Mm-hmm. Like, man, that's it's real. Yeah, he does have a line on here um, that really stuck out to me when I was first listening to it. And every single time I hear it, he it like jumps out at me. But he says, everyone that I've ever known has asked me for a loan. Bro, that's nuts. Bro. That is insane that's nuts but it's real like yeah especially when they know you got it or like sometimes they don't even be knowing you got it they just assume you got it mm-hmm. and they ask for stuff and they ask for stuff and we're not even talking about just money yeah. but it could be like anything like if you let people ask for enough from you they will never stop until you set that boundary yeah but when you're someone in vince staples position like uh and and he pretty much claims to like he's still in the hood kind of like very active in the yeah. same circles that he was before he blew up. But if you see him, you see him doing these stages at Coachella or having his tours and stuff. And then, you know, of course he talks about getting money in these songs and he, you hear him talking about placements, right? We don't even know him, but we know he got placements because right. he told us. Right. So like when you're aware of all those things or people are aware that you do all those things, they're like, Oh, he got to be getting money. Like, let me, I'm asking for some cause yeah. I don't have any, or at least not, not like he has. Facts. And that's just a rough position when you are economically in a better position than some of the people that are around you, um, because it's destined. People gonna ask you for money. People were asking, you know, you for money when you weren't in a nah for real you know, better situation uh, for sure. And I think, like personally, I always be like, when I get to the point where I'm up that much who knows how much he's up but yeah. there's some figure in my head that yeah. i feel comfortable with <laughs> but it's like when i'm up to that point if somebody asks me for something it's the difference between like constantly asking somebody for something and then like you asking for something and you gonna go put it to good use to change your life on your own you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. like i feel like a lot of people ask for stuff and then with the money that they get from you, they don't really go do nothing useful with it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that matters a lot. But you don't want to be asking people, like, what you about to go do with this money? Because now you count <laughs> their pockets. Like, yeah. once you give them the money, it ain't yours no more. Yeah, that's true. But, like, come on now. Right. If, if you gave somebody his money, you kind of need to know what, you, uh, <laughs> what you're about to do. You can't just ask for somebody and then be like, oh, let me have – 
however much. Right. And I know they're not for asking Vince for $50. That's the thing. I was going to say, Oprah has an interview where she talks with Chris Rock. Right. And um, they both had the same experience because they're both people who grew to be very wealthy at a, a certain point. And I think Chris Rock said, you know, people ask me for $25,000 like they were asking me, what time is it? Like, that's nuts. Like, just casually ask them something. Oprah said, you know, it used to be, before I was doing any type of journalism, oh, can I have $20? Okay, that's regular. Then I was doing journal, some journalism stuff, oh, can I have $200? And then once I became Oprah, it was like, oh, I need $200,000. Like, every time they come up to you, it's never just, hey, man, I'm trying to eat something today. Right. You something. want me to change your life in five minutes. This Bro, is what? house no. money. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is... You think I just carry that in my pocket? That's bank loan money. You're talking about $20,000. That's actually small personal business loan. Bro, to get that much money out the bank, you got to schedule it ahead of time. Like, that's nuts, bro. You have to schedule. And you want me to just give it to you? You have to schedule ahead of time and have a portfolio and a plan of what you're going to do with it. And every step of how they're, you know, you're going to be able to pay them back. Bro, like for real. And you just want me to give it to you? Can't go. But when you're a regular person, it's... Come on, you got it. You Oprah. You Chris Rock. Bro, you Vince Staples. That's why people got to learn about money, man. Yeah. Because it ain't, it ain't that easy. It's not that easy. They weren't with you. <laughs> they were not <laughs> with you. When I was in the library, they wouldn't studied with you. every single night for four hours a night. Like, I didn't I didn't see a lot of people at all. There was nobody there with me. They wasn't with you shooting in the gym. There was not <laughs> at all. I was getting up at what, 5 a.m. every day. And I went to bed at like 12 every night. Bro, and they was not with you shooting in the gym. Now they want to ask for something. It ain't happening. It was dark outside. It's, <laughs> look, you see darkness all day. Like, like that's it. So being somebody in, you know, of course I'm not in Vince Staples position, but being somebody like that and then you around everybody and then you kind of get up, and or at least they think you are, and now everybody needs money. Every single person in your life ever has asked you for somebody, that's crazy. I can't go. Can't go. You're not getting it from me. Because yeah. he And he talks about a lot of paranoia throughout this album because he doesn't know who he can trust because everybody's asked for money. Mm-hmm. And then, like, strangers who might come up to him. Uh, there, there was a line that actually really stuck out to me there when he asked something about, like, it basically if somebody comes up to him, he doesn't know who they are and what their intentions are with him because he – I mean, he's a crip. He talks about that. It's very public information. Right. And he says on Sundown Town, when I see my uh, fans, I'm too paranoid to shake their hands because I don't know if they fam or if they're going to hurt me. That's, hey, bro, when you living like that, you got to be paranoid. Living like that. He talks about going on the beach. He said, I got it tucked in my trunks, in my swim trunks. In his swim trunks. He can't even go swimming for real. You can't go swimming. He, he putting his toes in the water. You got a Glock on you. Because, you, when, you know, when you go to the beach, you ain't got a shirt on a lot of times. Right. So, you got a Glock <laughs> on you, open trunks with the handle popping out. Right. He let and you know, know you tied. He tied it. He said yeah. it's tied tight. Because, you know, swim trunks be loose low key. So, Super. if you are... You're already in a super vulnerable environment. You don't have a shirt on, but you're like, oh, I can't even go to the beach without a gun on me. Hey, bro, you're living a different type of life. It's a different type of life. Which is crazy to me. Have you ever been to California? Yes. Bro, ain't no way I'm waking up to palm trees and the ocean breeze and about to go beef with a nigga across the street. Ain't no way. It's all these beautiful women in these palm trees and this ocean breeze and you want to shoot me? Something about it be making them act up i was over there and 
hey, that gang stuff is real. I never, I always believed them. I never did not believe them. Right. Like, I was at this girl's apartment. <clears throat> she kind of lived in the hood a little bit. Love it there. But I was there, and, like, we was going in, it was definitely some bloods outside her apartment. Just, just chilling. Just hanging. Just hanging. And I knew, <laughs> the only reason I knew they were bloods is because they were doing a little what we're just walking in an apartment y'all just hanging out here for what was you nervous yes <laughs> <laughs> she was acting like this was regular I'm like i mean there's two things one she's a woman so she's used to just if there are men outside it's kind of dangerous yeah. i need to go ahead and get inside yeah so she was just walking and then boom i was like hey i hope they don't like come up it you don't know, ask me nothing. I don't know nothing. Don't ask me nobody. about anything. I can't see. Yo, I'm not even. I can't, and you can't even tell me. Hey, I'm not even from around here, bro. Because that makes it worse. I'd have been like, bro, I'm blind, bro. <laughs> uh, I was like, I, I don't, don't know what's going on. I hope they don't try to press me in front of her right now because it's not gonna go. It's not gonna go well, bro. Sometimes you gotta know what type of battles you're gonna win. <laughs> We're not gonna win this one. It's a group of them, and it's just you. Y'all got it. Y'all I'm not got from it. out here. I ain't got nothing on me. I came here in a plane, so there's no way I can have anything on me. I ain't got nothing. I'm cool. <laughs> cool. Just trying Leave to get me a, I'm just trying to get an apartment, dog. You see, I'm with the shorty. Y'all trying to embarrass me, <laughs> bro. You going to do this right bro, now? You see her, bro. Like, you see, I got me a fine piece right here, and you going to embarrass me, bro? Leave me alone. I'm going to be going in a few days. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm not even going to be out here, bro. Right, like, like, so don't even look at me like no threat. I'm going to be gone. I'm not a threat. You could, hey. And what was funny, he kept saying, like, one of them was like, Yo, I got to be back here in 15 minutes. Like, he was about to do some work for somebody. I don't know what type of work, but he made it seem very urgent that he was like, I have seven. Like he said, a specific number, like seven. I have seven minutes to get to X, Y, Z. Yep. I would have put my headphones in. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't hear nothing. I'm glad they weren't like blocking the entrance. You know, some places they'll be bro, blocking they block, the bro. entrance. If they blocking the entrance, bro, that's when you tell Shorty, hey, man. We got to find another way in. We're going to have to go somewhere else. And like, hang there for a while. You ever pull up to a shorty crib and it's a bunch of niggas blocking the entrance? That's when you be like, hey, man, either. You're like, not supposed to be there. Do you know them? Like, because, man, I ain't even trying to get into that today. Bro. And they act like, oh, that's just X, Y, Z. Right. That's bro. just Terrell and them. I'm like, bro. All but, right, bro. But guess what? You if live you, here. They know you. They don't know they me. They don't know me. I'm about to walk in here. They, who is you? I'm, who is you? Because, like, bro, what? <laughs> right. They. Like they pay rent on the whole building. Oh God, who are you? Like, I? and I ain't even trying to be disrespectful, but you're not about <laughs> punking me though. Like, we gonna keep it real cool. You gonna let me walk through? You know I'm coming for a shorty. I ain't worried about y'all. So and y'all just gonna leave me alone. Stand out there leaning on cars and stuff, bro. And then they just want to mug you. I'm like, bro, take a picture. That's it's gonna last you way longer than just looking at me. I promise. I don't even look at them fools for real. I just be, I just be. No lie, I mug back. Mug back if you want. I treat them just like if you go to the mall and they try to like clean your shoes or something. Facts, bro. I hate. I them. treat them just like that, bro. Bro, I hate. I be ducking and dodging because they're gonna get you. They only gonna clean one. They gonna, <laughs> they only gonna clean one shoe, and then they gonna be <laughs> yeah, like, "You want to pay for the kit? No, no, clean my other shoe." That's so funny. What do you mean? What do you mean, bro? Don't touch me no more. Duck and dive. Anybody selling anything in a store that I wasn't coming in there to buy, like cable. Uh, cable companies be in grocery stores and stuff. Bro, I was in Target and they tried to get me to change my phone plan. They was on my yeah. ass, bro. Yeah. I'm like, bro, Aggressive. chill. Whole time I got a friend that used to do that. <laughs> Shout out to homie. They they take a they got to take a lot of nose every day, so they got to work for that. 
that one yes, you know. Yeah, I mean? for sure, for sure. I definitely round of applause for them. I'm just not the customer <laughs> at all. Yeah, man. Um, all them dudes hanging out there, sometimes still being active and whatnot. That's crazy to me because, like, he mentions being someone who is still very active in there and got a couple lines where he kind of keeps saying it over and over. Like on Sundown, I'm sorry, not Sundown Town, uh, The Shining, he's like, ask me when I'm going to move to Malibu or Calabasas. I can never do it. I'm too active because I'm just going to I'm just going to stay in here and keep doing dirt. Yeah, bro. And sometimes it's just like, like, I don't think he really live in the hood, but he probably live close enough to where close enough. if you want to go see his homies, it's probably like a 20 minute drive. You know, it'd be certain areas. I don't know too much about California, but I can only imagine it's probably areas with poverty like little pockets but then you drive five minutes down the road and you in the hills yeah it's like oh this yeah, is nuts. exactly what it is that's yeah exactly what it is. That's, that's a lot of areas like that right here yeah <laughs> where are we at right now for sure in indianapolis for sure you could ride through the hood riding down 38th street you could ride down 38th street pull up on some nice nice houses and then you'd be like bro where am i yeah i thought i was in the suburbs yep yep yeah, I am not in the suburbs. Did that the other day, and I was like, "Oh, well, bro, I need to get home." <laughs> gentrification, bro. Like you don't, you wouldn't even think. Like, bro, turn left off Thirty Eighth on the Meridian, going north. Them houses is million dollar houses. Yeah, it's crazy. But you a block away from Thirty Eighth Street don't make no sense. We're very close. It's it's two different lifestyles. Right yeah, but I love it. I love it. I love it. I'd be like, look at them white people. Scared. <laughs> well, they scared. Let me think. Uh, I think there's one other thing that really stood out to me that affects a lot of people all the time, myself included, everybody growing up, especially as a man. Uh, there, It's on taking trips, and there's a sample in there. It's like this little boy talking. It sounds like it's something from the 60s, like an old TV show. And he says, uh, you know, it was more important to be accepted by the guys than anything else. Uh, and I remember, like, sometimes you just get caught up in stuff. And there's, like, little skits on there with this guy talking about how, you know, you got to separate yourself from bullshit. Or, you know, because you'll just get drugged down with it. And I remember, like, I was with one of my homies. Actually, shout out to G. He be on the podcast. Shout out to G, <laughs> man. Shout out to G. But... I was with him. G not even this type of dude. <laughs> not at all. I was told I'm totally misconstrued the situation. Right. This is not on him. <laughs> I I we didn't even live in an area where this was regular talk, but I don't know what was going on in my life at the time. Also, sometimes you be hanging around dudes and stuff just happened. Anyway, riding to the store, grocery store. G says, Hey man, we're about to turn some change into cash real quick. My brain. Oh, we're robbing this grocery store. Bro, what? Like, I don't know why my brain did that, but I immediately got nervous. I'm in the passenger. I was like, oh, my God. And you, when you think that's what's going on, you don't think, hey, uh, I don't really want to rob this grocery store. You'd be like, we here now. We're here right we're here. now. How we going to get away with it? And so, like, I was, he said, hey, reach in the back. So I'm, like, reaching to the back. He said, reach in the back. We're going to turn some change into cash real quick. I'm reaching to the back, nervous, sweating. I was, like, uh, searching. <laughs> I'm searching for a gun. I'm not even that type of dude. I'm searching for a gun. I was, like, well, I can't say no. 
I don't know why my brain did that. You a teenager. You think you have dumb thoughts. It's definitely, you can't, you ain't no going back. We here now. We're here. We're at the store. And you don't want to look like a punk. I think that was the biggest thing. I'm reaching back, like searching under the seats and stuff for this gun. And I'm like, bro, I don't see it. He's like, what are you talking about? You don't see it. And he was like, he's like, there's a jar. I was like, a jar? He's like, yeah, we we going in here and we gonna pour this change in this machine. He's trying to get some dollars and just change it in some actual cash. <laughs> He's trying to get rid of that piggy bank. That's God. it. And my brain was like, oh, we have to rob this store now. Mama. And I was like, prepared to do that. He was like, oh, it is getting real. It's getting real. I don't even. Oh my God, my mama told me don't just he be robbed. Like, I didn't even know my boy was down bad. No, we. We've lived in these suburbs. Bro, I could have gave you a few dollars. <laughs> like suburbs. But I was like, well, I, I guess we got to rob this Kroger. That's it. Hey, bro. It be like that sometimes. <laughs> you don't know what's going on, but you be ready for everything. But you, I, I, I don't know why my body was prepared to do that. And I was fully like, oh, well, there's no going back. But that's what it is sometimes. When you insert and look, look and that was a very low, low pressure Right. <laughs> situation. Very low pressure. Very low pressure. You could have just been like, no. I easily could have been no. I'm gonna walk home. I, I live right there. Yeah, he would have been like, "What do you mean, no, bro? Just grab the change out the back." Oh, oh, my bad, my bad. I didn't, I didn't even know that's. Now you gotta explain something, bro. I thought we was about to rob him. I ain't even gonna lie to you. I had to tell him. I thought that's what we was about to do. He's like, "Bro, we laughed for a long time." Like, bro, when have we ever robbed anybody? Why when, I- <laughs> when have we ever done that? Yeah, you thought y'all was going in, no plan, no nothing, just let's do it. I was like, clearly this was on his mind, because he right. knew where we were going that right. day. <laughs> he, he was his, his car. I didn't have a car yet. He was like a little, <laughs> he's like a year or two older than me. Yo, my bad, bro. Hey, bro, that's next level miscommunication right there. Next level. No reason. Hey, he lucky you not really like that. Because if you was, you would have been like, oh. It's <laughs> I got mine on me. We can. What yo, you mean, reaching the back? I got it. I got it. Oh. Okay. Awful story. Awful. If I went in there. Oh, y'all would have went boom, to jail. Boom, boom. Y'all would have went to jail. What are you doing? I thought, I thought we was going to jail. You would have went cash. to jail. Jail. <laughs> Off of a. And it don't even make sense. Don't like, even make, he would have been so confused, bro. Uh, would you have been mad on, at him if he snitched on you? I don't. I don't even. See. I don't even know. I can't be mad at him <laughs> if that's not even what he was talking about. And I just went in there and was like, boom, boom, boom. Went in there lighting it up. Because there's nothing to snitch about. They saw me. I'm on camera. If he said, hey, bro, I had no idea that's what we was about to do, I I probably would have mad. Because I'm like, bro, you said we was trying to change the cash. What are you talking about? This was your plan. You would have pulled out a bucket of change. Yeah, I would have been pissed, actually. I would have been pissed because like, you said that's what we came here to do. Hey, that's right. That's right, for sure. But it's easy to get caught up in. <laughs> it's that's easy to get caught right, up in stuff. Bro. I had other stuff that was definitely like way closer to oh, we're actually about to do something. And I didn't even live in an area that was like that. But it's just you get you around the areas you're not supposed to be in, and it just takes one time. Nah, for real. It just takes one time. It's a lot of people that's caught in the wrong place at the right time. Well, wrong place, wrong time. You know, but, but wrong place, right time though. You yeah. got caught there. You you was there. You was in that in that. So you gotta always be aware of your surroundings for real. Yeah, I'll be head on a swivel room. Twenty four seven, I promise you. You think I was paranoid, I'd be like, nah, I just need to know what's going on. I just need to see. It's either it's either I know everything that's going on in the room or I don't. Mm. And I'm in my own world. Mm. 
But like for me to be in my own world and really just be like cool, I gotta yeah, I gotta know like this ain't that type of environment. But like if I'm somewhere and I'm unfamiliar, I don't care where it's at. I'm talking. I could be in the middle of some mansions. Mm. I see everything because yeah. I don't know y'all. Yeah, you just don't know what's about to happen. Yeah, so you gotta aware. stay. You gotta stay aware. But then the other times I don't don't know what's going on. Mm. If it's somewhere I'm comfortable, a fight could break out right behind me. Wouldn't see it. Yeah, that's true. Minding my business. That's true. Yeah. But, hey, man. Shout out to Vince. Man, shout out to Vince, man. Top tier album, man. Yeah. Short, sweet. Straight to the point. Just how just how I like it. Mm-hmm. Feel me? Straight to the point. But you got anything else that sticks out to you before we uh, see what else they talking about? Nah. Vince got a lot Like it's literally a lot You could dissect Throughout all these songs Like I'm talking Lines from I don't wanna die But I will For the cause Mm -hmm. Swallowing my pride Like them pills Y'all be off Like bro What Opioids a serious addiction Serious And he like bro I don't wanna die But for what I believe in We could get straight to it We can get straight to it. Those California dudes are very serious about whatever they be talking about. Whatever it is, they be dead serious. They have a lot of conviction and a lot of uh, commitment to To whatever they be talking about. They're very serious out there. Everything but peace and harmony. Yeah, their word is like very important to them. Yeah, for sure. So they're not lying. Yeah, which is very respectable. But I mean, they're ready to die about it. Yeah. Over small stuff. No, not at all. Um, I think there was one of the lines was like really crazy to me is, oh, the streets, all I know, and it's no place like home. And that was on Take Me Home. Streets, all I know, and it's no place like home. That's for real, though. That's for real, though. That's why a lot of people be going back to their old hoods because, like, that's where you're most comfortable. That's true. Like, that's, you know, everybody on the block. Mm -hmm. You probably got like 20 brothers, (laughs) 15 sisters. Yeah. You call six different women that are 20 years older than you mama. Yeah. You feel me? Like, that's really what it be like. Like, you just be comfortable. Like, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just like, yo, this is really what made me who I am. Why would I leave it? Yeah. You're not used to a new environment. And that's, you go somewhere that is, quote, better, unquote. Um, it's not easy for you to adjust because you used to what you were in before and that was your whole life and then you all that changes in a a month and some change if you get like super big off a song or something right so even if it take time you gotta think they be touring so like they go on tour for a year Mm -hmm. they might be up a few hundred thousand or if they tour is big enough a million or so and they life even though it didn't change overnight they wasn't at home to see that change like yeah they was out and about. They never had a chance to settle. So once they actually finally settle, get them a crib somewhere in the hills, it's like, yeah, this crib in the hills is cool, but it's too quiet. Mm-hmm. I don't like too quiet. I don't know anybody out here. Right. All my friends are back home, whatever neighborhood I live in. I'm going to go back home and see what they up to. Right, because ain't none of these people in the mansions lit like I am. Yeah, they're not trying to talk to me, and they don't understand whatever I be talking about anyway. Exactly. Exactly like You gotta realize When you come from When you come from somewhere like 
every day i wouldn't say every day is lit because like sometimes when it be lit it like literally be lit like them guns be blazing yeah but when it's lit every day it's always something to talk about and then you move to the burbs and it's like i'm in this house it's quiet mm-hmm. it's peaceful it's too peaceful it's too quiet where the homies at yeah i'm trying to go hang with the homies because them them niggas is fun yeah I ain't got no friends out here. Where are my friends? You going you gonna go right back to the hood, see what they own. Yeah. And that's how you get shot. Yeah. That's how a lot of rappers, unfortunately. That's how you die. They just go back to where they were and there's people that don't like them there as well. Not right. R. I. P. Nipsey Hustle man. Yeah. And they just uh unfortunately something bad may occur to them. Especially if you was doing dirt like Vince Staples say he'd be doing, that stuff never ends. For sure. You know, if you <clears throat> hurt somebody or took somebody off this earth there are people that are related to them that never forgave you for that right and you don't exactly know who those people are and that's why he'd be nervous when fans come up to shake his hand because that could be anybody bro sometimes people just be jealous they watch how you move they watch how you live and they just be jealous like because they not doing what they're supposed to do in their lives so they want to take Everything you got away from you, especially if you ain't giving them something like we said, they'd be asking for money. Mm-hmm. You tell them no, they're like, "All right, bet <laughs> I'm gonna take it all." Yeah, ain't neither one of us gonna be happy because you gonna be dead. Like that's crazy, bro. Yeah. I could never hate on somebody that much. Like that's crazy. That's actually some hate in your heart type hate. Like, bro, right you there. know how much you gotta care about somebody else to hate them that much? Yeah, I don't even care about people that much, bro. It's just if your own situation, you are struggling a lot or or whatever you feel like it is. You feel like you deserve this or X, Y, Z from this person, especially if they're the same situation as you not too long ago and they blow up and you're not taking part in any of that. Hey, bro, it's a cold game. You're not fulfilled with yourself. <laughs> they uh, you like, you know what? I need to take some. Or I need to make him as miserable as I am right now. And then that's how crazy stuff like that happens. We call those people lame as hell. I don't know. Lame as hell. That stuff be bubbling up. and I'm for No, nah, I do, for real. They, but they really be having problems they need to face. But, like, they still lame as hell, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tragic. Just the way it is for some people. But thanks for coming down to the show, man. Oh, man, for sure. This won't be my last time. Nah, of course not. You feel me? I could talk for hours. (laughs) That is a big-ass cat on that porch. That's not a... That ain't got nothing to do with the podcast, though. That was a big-ass cat. I don't like cats. All right, man. Uh, You got anybody you want to shout out before you... Oh, man, shout out to everybody. I'm talking (laughs) all the homies, you feel me? Experience the horizon, the whole gang. You feel me? That's family for real. You feel me? All, all the artists in Indy. Maybe one day we'll be sitting here talking about them. Yeah. For, uh, album of the year, or you know, some some nice artwork or something. You know, we love the arts. Love the arts out here. Come on, man. Come on, man. Top tier talent in Indianapolis, man. Yeah. You feel me? We love that. <laughs> we love that. They be sleeping <laughs> on us, but we love that. Anyway, uh, I guess we're going to see who else we got. Yes, sir. All right, Marvin. So uh, what picks are you going with? 
All right, I'm going to go with Rocksteady by The Whispers and Let's Get Married by Jagged Edge, the remix. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> so let's start with Rocksteady. Why, why Rocksteady? Uh, well, uh, I love the throwbacks, first of all, and this is one of the uh, one of the classics. And um, it's a banger every time it comes on. As soon as like the first few notes hit, you start dancing. <laughs> I think it's funny because this song definitely came on like eighty something, and you're just like, "Yeah, this is <laughs> this is what I want." Um, <laughs> so many other people would like. They're not thinking about the whispers at age twenty four. <laughs> Very few are like people like that's at the top of their mind. But you, you know, you chose to be different. Um, yeah, you know, you got to stand out. Yeah, it says the in June of 87. <laughs> <laughs> so 10 years. Yeah, like 10 years or so before you were born. But all right. Shoot, man. Now I'm thinking, but this is your first time on the show. So shout out. Clap it up for Marvin. Um, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So like, okay. Yeah. You're super into it because it's, it's definitely, I mean, super 80s in terms of it. And then they you know start off with i looked at you you stole my heart <laughs> you were all anticipated uh th there is one part in there that i think is very funny like they said um he's like i began to touch but you wouldn't let it it never seemed to be the right time i started to give up down to the limit and then you changed my mind uh, do you remember? And then he's, you know, chorus starts. He's like, and we began to rock steady. Do you remember like learning how to like try to get dances at the club? Yes, yeah. I do remember. What was that like for you? Because I remember you said uh, one of our friends taught you from what I remember. Yeah. Yeah. How did, so, how did they teach you to do it? Um. So you're saying how to get dances at the club? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's he was trying to. I mean, he was trying to do a little bit more dance, but at first, it's kind of he's like, we begin to rock steady and steady rocking all night long. But you know, what was it like when you was trying to get dances in the club before you know the world ended? <laughs> um, well, I remember like my first club experience. I definitely felt overwhelmed. I was like, man, this is a lot. You got people doing things in this corner. You got other people doing other things in the other <laughs> corner. <laughs> yeah. um, but then, like, I remember he just, like, walked up to somebody, started dancing with them. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, it's, it's just like that. But he would he was kind of aggressive with it. Like, he could just walk up to him and just grab him. Yeah. And be like, come on. You know? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, man, I don't, I don't know if I can do all that. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to catch a charge out here. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you know. Um, after that, I, I found my way and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, I wasn't, I was never that, uh, that wild with it, but, yeah. uh, but yeah. So how did you, like, how do you typically get into a dance? Cause I saw the same thing, uh, that you said where people were like really aggressive. Like when I first went out dancing club and I was with my stepbrother and I, I was kind of watching them, they were just like yanking women. And I was like, all right, I don't think. I don't think they like that, but it was working for <laughs> right. them. But I was like, that's not, I know that's not going to work for me. So we got to figure out something different. What did you do that, you know, 
you think worked for you? Um, I would just, I don't know, kind of dance with them. And then um, it turned out, you know, like I would probably most like the time, like be in front of them. Yeah. And then we just like, you know, lock eyes or whatever and just start dancing with each other. And then, um, you know, yeah, yeah, it went from there. That's that's pretty but much. I was, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, you know, a lot of my dance moves were uh, were terrible, so <laughs> I, I caught them with the humor. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's pretty much how I had to had to do it. Like, I'd, I'd start off in front and then um, kind of dance for a while and see if they was with it and kind of extend out a hand, sort of, you know, like get closer and closer and then maybe extend out a hand, something like that, um, because the yanking right. stuff, I was like, there's no way. There's no way. And then if they're not into you and you just yank them and they're just like, oh, no, like now you're embarrassed. Right. <laughs> um, and I, I couldn't let that be me out in front of everybody. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I had to I had to stop, um, you know, grabbing hands first mm-hmm. uh, because I almost got my hand chopped off by a ceiling fan. Woo. So, uh, yeah, it was at your house, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I was like, I was like, never again will I do that. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, Marvin is very tall. Marvin's six five, uh, and my house had very short ceilings. I feel like at the time, uh, so you know, him raising his hand up or or reaching out a hand it really would almost lose a hand in there. Um, I missed Lagrange parties, but those are the, that era is behind us, I suppose. Yeah, now we just gotta, you know, buy a venue. <laughs> oh, we gotta figure out something. I, I miss that. Uh, let me see. You got any any other thoughts about Rocksteady that kind of really stood out to you? Um, I just like the song, like, um, just the the tempo of everything and how it just makes you want to dance, really. Yeah. You know, and uh, have a good time. All right, so let's go to uh, your second choice, uh, Let's Get Married by Jagged Edge. What made you kind of jump out and pick that one? Um, well, once again, this one is, um, you know, a throwback again. Mm-hmm. And uh, I specifically chose the remix um, because my father and I used to listen to um, Run DMC a lot. And... Um, and I was listening to Run DMC, and then this song came on, and that's how I found this song. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, like when I was little, we would go to the gym, and um, he would always be playing like Run DMC or um, Chuck Brown or Rick James or you know some of those old school people. Yeah. And um, but Hard Times was uh, was one of his favorites, mm-hmm. so we would listen to that all the time. And then I stumbled across this song, and I was like, man. The song hits too. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny because like it's so very clear that your dad is definitely an old man, uh, because like <laughs> you know if you were to play um, any Run DMC stuff right now, like any young person would be like, "This is so whack," because it's so basic compared to like what we're doing now with the, the way the drums are and like his flow is very like that's um it's very old way of rapping but you know that was yeah. uh 
that was um, top of the line back in 80-something, 90-something. Mm-hmm. And you can actually, like, understand what they're saying. That's they're very a, clear. a key part that I like. It's not mumble rap, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, um, yeah. I mean, Let's Get Married is a is a, a lot of people's throwback. They love Let's Get Married. Most people don't pick the remix, though, which is, you know, a much more much faster tempo type thing um, than the original. Original is kind of a, a ballad, slow jam type deal. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people mm-hmm. complain about like the the chorus of um, you know, we might as well because uh, we ain't getting no younger, we might as well do it. Uh, but yeah, also though, we yeah. kind of have a connection to Let's Get Married because yeah i was just about to say that yeah too. we ended up getting a cruise right bef- literally right before uh like covid really spread across the u.s it was literally the week before um as soon as we got back everybody in college said pack your bags up and go home and don't come back stay inside so we got really lucky with that but we were on a cruise and i'll let you uh kind of tell the next part if you would like Okay, yeah. So, um, we one of the events that they had on the cruise was a uh, a karaoke night, mm-hmm. and um, it was uh, it was me and Troy, and we had met this other guy um, named Mike along the way, and uh, so we all go to this uh, karaoke night, and um, you know people were singing like High School Musical and. Um, all these other songs or whatever. And uh, so we were like, all right, we're going to go up there and sing something. So we're scrolling through the book of uh, of songs that they had. And we decided to do, um, we decided to do Let's Get Married. Do you remember why but we not, decided to do Let's Get Married? I I don't, I don't remember. Why I'll did we tell choose? you. We decided to do Let's Get Married. We were looking, trying to decide, okay, which song do we know like well enough um, that we can really do it? Because, you know, karaoke, it's not enough to just see the words. You need to know like, the melody and all that kind of stuff and so we're like okay looking looking and mike was like hey can i do a song with you guys you are like uh all right um <laughs> and mike says he's like oh i know let's get married we were having a hard time choosing but he's like oh i know let's get married like i was like all right mike like do you because i didn't know it well enough for real and i don't think you did either so i was asking i was like okay mike do you like really know how it goes like do you know because the type of dude that Mike was, I was just not very confident <laughs> in his abilities. Um, and, you know, he he was like, yeah, man, I know it. I know it. Uh, and I was like, all right. OK, I didn't I didn't trust. But I, I gave him my trust. I said, OK. Uh, OK, Mike, let's you know, we'll, we'll do it. And um, they called yeah, us up there and I was like hyping it up too because i had a little speed there's like some empty space between the actual songs like the beat starting and the song starting so i'm in there i'm like mm-hmm. yeah ladies you know all these dudes out here they just saying stuff and we're really to show you you know put our money where our mouth is and really take you to another place let's uh take it away mike do you remember you can tell the rest of how this went yeah so before we before we went up there though mike was so confident he was like let's do some steps let's 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 like you know go out there as a unit 
so we proceeded to like make a like a dance routine oh lord i don't even remember do you remember that i guess we were doing a little bit of some yeah some little steps it wasn't super it wasn't super crazy but we did try to do it try yeah and, and as soon as i as soon as we got up there and uh and the lights were shining i forgot everything oh. <laughs> I was like, uh, let me just focus on the words. And uh, <laughs> so you guys, so, but it, it kind of works because you guys were both doing it on each side of me. Mm, okay. So it still looked, it still looked pretty good. <laughs> yeah. But see, the issue was, was like, we're seeing it and um, like, you know, you got real frustrated with me, but that's because I was looking at it. And I was like, these words aren't right. Something's wrong. And what ends up happening is the the little teleprompter that tells you what the words are. Because again, I didn't like I know Let's Get Married. I just didn't know it well enough to have like done it on my own. So my we let Mike sing the lead. He was supposed to be singing mm-hmm. the lead and we were just singing the chorus pretty much and doing the backup. And so like we and Mike and I are looking at it and you didn't have a mic because they only had two microphones. And uh like I'm not getting these words right, but that's because <laughs> they're not in time with like the song. So yeah. they were like way behind or way ahead. I don't know which way, but they weren't where they needed to be. And I remember you just like snatched the mic from me. <laughs> trying yeah, I was to get like, it right. we're, we're five words in, Troy. Like you gotta know this part. And I was like, give me the mic. <laughs> then I started singing. I was like, wait a minute, yeah. wait a minute, yeah. something's not right. Then I passed it back to y'all. I was like, here you go, bro. Yeah. And we just had to sit there and like, and just struggle, struggle through the rest of that long song. Or maybe they cut it. I don't know. It was so long ago. My memory, I'm like, yeah, this cut off early. Because that song is, it's like four minutes. It's yeah. not something you can just kind of, you know, wiggle through. Like, we really had to struggle there. I hope we left the stage early, but I, I don't think I would have allowed myself to do that it was not good it was not good <laughs> it was not good we were trying to um you know we're trying to press the girls there and stuff i'm like yeah man this gonna do it to him this gonna do it to him because <laughs> we we met all these other hbcu graduates shout out to marvin and i both graduated from north carolina a and t um and you know i'm like yeah this gonna do it to him we was trying to holler at you know a couple little uh little ladies that we had met like right before and you're like, yeah, 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 I'm going I'm to say all this, say all this. Um, and then here we go, just scaring the hoes with this terrible performance <laughs> that we just did. Uh, and there was one other piece to it. We got off the stage. Oh, yeah. And, like, Mike was just an interesting dude in general. Um, whole trip, people were low-key clowning Mike. Uh, not even low-key, actually. They were very much just avoiding Mike. Um, yeah. Do you remember why they were avoiding Mike Marvin? Um, I, I think it was. I feel like it was just because they didn't really know him that well. Nah, it was because. Is Mike there a, a is there an dude. underlying story? No, Mike was a weird dude. That's why. Uh, <laughs> he just did things strangely. Like he probably just lied a lot. <laughs> And nobody likes somebody who's like always lying, and you know they're lying. Uh, and then too, because because you know what, I know that's not why they were avoiding him. Because remember, we was 
hanging with those two, well, those three girls, and um, we, well, no, we were having dinner with two women, and Mike was there, and we're all having a good time talking and whatnot. But then there were like the group of three girls that you know we were we were trying to talk to a lot of women on this trip. Um, my bad, Pod, but but we were, and so it was this other group of women who walked by and saw us. And uh, one of them, who was interested in you, felt a certain way, and um, and you know later kind of talked to you about it. it was like, oh, you hanging with the women or whatever, and you were like, yeah, that's totally fine. We were just having dinner. Do you remember? Do you remember what you yeah, said? I, how that went? Yeah, I, rem- I remember. We, um, yeah, um, so. Yeah, because we, like you said, we met them at uh, at karaoke, but they had went to go, um, they had went to go eat um, before they asked us to go, to go with them. We were like, no, we're going to wait and see, like, finish karaoke. Mm-hmm. And while we're doing that, like, they were like, all right, I'm going to go now because I'm hungry. And we're like, all right, cool. We're like, you know, have fun. Mm-hmm. And we saw these other girls and we started talking to them and then we ended up eating with them. And, uh, and then, yeah, she felt some type of way because she saw us eating with different people because and and this was the second day of the trip by the way this is like we just met everybody on the boat we don't know anyone we we knew some ant people but none of these were ant people that we talked to so she was very uh very big red flag to be like jealous and have something to say about us having dinner with two women that we never you know, we don't even know them like that. But what got me was, you know, when you were talking to her later, she was like, oh, yeah, I saw you with your little, you know, like girl, like, dude, I saw you with your little girlfriend over the thing, whatever, that type of that type of attitude about it. And you were like, but it was like we was even with Mike. It wasn't just, you know, Troy and I. And she was like, that's just Mike, though. Like, he don't count. And <laughs> I never want to be the person who just doesn't count. Like she said, he just be around, which is so hurtful. My bad, Mike, bro. You didn't deserve that. At least I don't think he did. Yeah, he was um, he was a character. Sure. <laughs> he tried, like we ended up playing basketball, and he was fouling the whole time. I'm glad you brought that up <laughs> because that man was MMA in the cage, fighting, trying to win a. Uh, what were your guys going to? It was it, it was like to seven or something like it that. Was like it was real wasn't... low because yeah. uh, on the boat, on the cruise, like the wind was blowing a whole lot. Uh-huh. And um, thankfully the, the basketball, it's like a half court. The basketball court is in a cage, like in a net or something. So the, the ball can't fly off of the ship. Um, but yeah, that wind was blowing so hard that like, you guys had to be the most inefficient, inefficient shot percentage ever uh, because the wind was just blowing so hard. Like, I'm sure you guys were shooting like 9 percent. Um, yeah. From. Yeah, it was so bad. You know, three pointer mid range layup like nothing was going in for anybody. Right. Yeah. Like I was shooting and like shooting is my specialty. So I was shooting a little bit and then like I shoot at the goal and it ended up all the way at the three-point line. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, yeah, this is not uh, this is not the move. 
So then like, you know, I proceeded to like go in the paint, you know, and, and post up and things like that. And like, he was on my back, literally like on my back and like throwing me around and stuff. And we were like recording it. And he was like, oh, that's not a foul. That's not a foul. And we were like, bro, let, run the tape back. Run <laughs> the tape back. Look look right here. Your whole arms oh and God. hands and body is on top of me. That is not allowed. And Mike was not a small guy. Like, he was a, a big dude. Um, yeah, he was he was trying to hurt you. And you came back with all these scratches and stuff. Like, I almost feel like your short was, shirt was torn. I know it wasn't, but... It just wasn't a – it was very ugly basketball. Yeah. And I don't even know, like, how we became so competitive or what had happened or who said something. He was – yeah, um, he was certain he was going to win the game. And you were like, it's not going to go how you think, bro. <laughs> and it, what made it worse was, like, home homegirl <laughs> was watching, uh, you know, that you've been kind of talking to during the trip. She was mm-hmm. watching and, like, you know, of course she was cheering for you. Uh so it was like, yeah, I I got to win the game. Not that you were like worried, but uh, but because that wind was so awful, it was just like this is not gonna go very well. Yeah. But you won though. Yeah. Sure did. <laughs> um, now you got any other uh, thoughts on a jagged edge and uh and meet me at the altar? Um, I don't. I think that's everything. All right, dog. Well, shout out. Thanks for coming on the show. And uh, I guess we'll see our next guest. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Peace, man. And Bria, what's going on? Nothing much, man. Just chilling, working, school, you know, the news. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, so... A.K.A. Miss Nasty, if you want to be, you know what we're doing. You know why we're here. Uh, who are you choosing to nominate? Or what are you choosing to nominate and why? All right. So I chose to nominate GZ and Bankroll Fresh for all there. Mm-hmm. Because the hood love that song. Everybody love that song. Every HBCU in America loves that damn song. Yeah. yeah. That is the premier song for young black people. I believe. For sure. Yeah, definitely a... I don't know why it seems to have a... I don't know, a reverence about it. Something kind of big about it. Because I hadn't heard it like a a ton of times. I definitely... I feel like I remember when it came out. but um, Because it only came out 2016. Um, And Jeezy is... You know, at this point, Jeezy is already a legend. This is the... This is kind of the after point of his career for his biggest time was the early 2000s. So why, why this one? What made you choose? Because you could choose any Jeezy song or any song period. So why, why go with this one? So since you asked me about the Grammys, I was thinking about like, I was thinking about when Nipsey Hussle died, right? Mm-hmm. And when he died, that gave him an award with him and Roddy Rich or whatever for a right to the middle, right? Mm-hmm. Right to was a good song. We loved it. But you can kind of see the difference between mainstream artists getting their flowers or I guess getting their recognition when they die versus people who are more so underground famous, like Bank Road Fresh when he died. There wasn't no award given to Bank Road Fresh when he died. It wasn't no BET award. It wasn't no MTV Music Award. Damn sure with no Grammy. Mm-hmm. But that song 
it's popular amongst a lot, a lot of people. But I guess it wasn't popular against a certain audience. And I guess that's why it wasn't really highlighted like that or his life wasn't highlighted like that. But I don't know, I guess I just saw the difference between somebody who was really, really mainstream versus somebody who wasn't, but they still had the same effect on the community or just on hip-hop, period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's the interesting thing about Nipsey, because Nipsey Hussle wasn't a... Like, it was, like, right before he passed away that he was super blowing up just because of, yeah. I guess, things that he was doing in the hood in terms of, you know, buying the block back and doing everything that they tell you to do as a rapper, but a lot of people don't actually do. So yeah. it was very newfound. Like, of course, he was already a legend in the rap game and in California for all the things that he had been doing. But it wasn't until very close to him passing away that he had kind of this newfound fame where it was like everybody was kind of talking about him. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. That's how I kind of feel about it. Like, I remember I had a hip-hop class. I don't feel like the damn class. <laughs> but a lot of us in there, with some kids in there, they didn't really, they had never heard him talk before he died. And so, of course, you see the effect with that. And they both died the same way. They both got shot. Mm. Which heard about one's death and the other's death. Nobody know about that. Or I don't know. Maybe people don't care. I don't know. Honestly, I, I didn't know he had passed away till you just told me right now. And maybe it was one of the things like I heard and then, you know, just forgot about because I wasn't listening to Bankroll Fresh like that. Yeah. He, um... It's a lot of like back and forth about his devil when it first happened. Mm-hmm. But they're both two Atlanta artists. And they're also, it was kind of like, how can I put this? Bankroll having a song with Jeezy was kind of almost like getting co signed by Gucci Man, like for a lot of these new young rappers. Yeah, or like yeah. getting co signed by Boosie right now. Mm-hmm. Like these young new rappers, they needed somebody, like they need that stamp. But Bankroll's music was always good. Even though he's talked about different things like the trap or whatever, like his I think my, first, my most favorite bankroll song is a uh, Dirty Game. Mm-hmm. Check it out, that's a good song. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a real good song. But he was really I wanna say he was I wanna say he was another prolific rapper. He just lived in another I guess another time zone. Or another type of situation that wasn't really too good for nobody so people don't want to glorify that so maybe that's why his death wasn't really nationally known like that mm-hmm. well no it's weird which rapper they choose to uh what's that word what's that word when it's like when they kind of make them human again immortalize yeah mm-hmm. they pick and choose a rapper they want to do that too I was I was listening to this song because I I remember when it first kind of came out and I had heard it before. So when I heard like when I went to go listen to, it, I was like, oh yeah, I remember this one. Um, and there was a couple of things that kind of stuck out to me when I was going through. One, uh, Bankroll Fresh is like a super dope rap name. Like that's one of those that you're like, <laughs> man, I wish I came up with that. Or you you think about it and you're like, dang, somebody already got bank. Like Bankroll is a cool name. Um, it is. If you're born after a certain time, it might not even mean anything to you just because, like, we're all using credit cards and, and debit cards now. We don't even see cash no more. But seeing somebody roll up, no, nah, that'll always mean something. Seeing somebody roll up with that fat bank roll, you know, not fold, but rolled up in the rubber band. A roll? 
pull that fat wad out your pocket. It's a very cool name. Second thing that stuck out to me was first thing he mentions is 95 Air Max song. And I think the 95 Air Maxes have had a chokehold on the black community for a long time. Air Maxes in general, actually. Bruh, I'm going to tell you a story. So, I really came to love this song. One time I did something. Oh, I can say it. It's awesome. One time I had to do a little bit of shaking and baking one time, right? Mm -hmm. And when I was running away, I had on my (laughs) 95. Oh, my God. So, it kind of like that song, like that line. Got like a, it's like a real, you know what I'm saying? It's a real familiar feeling for me when I hear that. Uh Because I did that. It was a 95. Oh well. Do you have like a like a favorite sneaker? Since we talking about the uh the Air Max ninety five specifically. Oh yeah. Air Max ninety five. That's fine. Like I totally understand it. I, when I was a kid, I think I always wanted some Air Maxes. Like those were the coolest shoe to me at the time. Uh mm-hmm. and I probably got some, but I haven't gotten any in a long time. I I was looking up the different kinds. The ones I wanted, I was an Air Max 90 person. Uh, I just Those loved, are cool. Yeah, I just love the, the design of shoes. The Air Max 95s, um, at least they seemed to like kind of grow back in popularity because they had been around for a while. I just didn't know much about them. But yeah, the Air Maxes were, that's what I wanted real bad. But I, I think my favorite sneaker, probably... I'll say I wore Converse's a lot because they went with everything. So I definitely Hell went through yeah. a phase where I had just like a pair of white high top Converse's that I wore with every single thing that I had in my closet. Hey, you got to be that nigga to wear all white Converse's all the time. Yeah, I you got to watch where you step. Watch where you step. Because yeah. when you first get them, they look like they're glowing. They're that white. Yeah. Like you get an angel thing when you uh when you take them out the box. Yeah, it's I mean you're like ooh these is crispy. <laughs> Were you ever like a forces guy? You ever had a pair of G bro? Uh, I wanted like again I wanted some uh, Air Forces. I don't think I ever actually got any. And now Me I'm in either. a place where I could like I could definitely buy some for myself, but I just mm-hmm. just didn't. I don't wear a ton of sneakers these days, unfortunately. Time yeah. to get back in my game, though. I feel like forces. They they forces not a good investment. <laughs> it's just not. <laughs> like people who really wear forces, they go through pairs of forces a year. I cannot. Jeez. I guess it's because you know you want to keep them crisp and white and no creases, and you know doing that is aggravating for the people who like really care about them being pristine. The whole time that you have them, Man, I got a home girl. She got her some new, she got some new ones, right? We just stay in pride. I swear to God, you know that little on um, the little cardboard thing that come in the, in the shoe when you first buy. She kept them in there the so they wouldn't uh, crease. And was bro, you should have seen the way this girl was walking. Like she was like like a like a uh, like an astronaut. How they did like high step. Yep, yep. Oh my God, take that shit off. I know a girl <laughs> doing the same exact thing. Uh, I remember my cousin told me some people would put, you know, extra pairs of socks on, all sorts of stuff, just to keep them, keep them crease free. Which, honestly, I gotta say, shout out to them for the commitment to keeping an extra crispy pair 
of Air Forces. I love that that's a thing in the culture, but for me, you know, I, I just, A, didn't even know about all this stuff, and B, just wasn't that committed. Hell no, that is a, not, I ain't gonna be a waste of money, but. It's a very stressful pair of shoes to wear. Yeah, like, I really believe it's been some fights because the niggas stepped on somebody's horses. They had a nigga fight because of that. I know. There's some people theory. who died, got shot over a pair of horses. <laughs> I can guarantee you that. <laughs> Somebody got their life took. Yeah, <laughs> the game has a lyric that says, I'll kill you if you try me for my Air Max 95s. On Hayden like Glover. He's, he meant that. Um, shoot another thing that actually stood out to me was uh, real close after the 95 Air Max song this is Bankroll Fresh talking he says that he had a uh, hot Cheetos is what he snack on hey. which is a super staple in the black community and the Hispanic community do you have a favorite chip yeah. that you uh, that you partake in like a gas station chip you know you gotta stop you're gonna pick out your favorite one what, what do you pick out I'm picking out hot bunions and Tom's salt and vinegar chips. Well, right. vinegar and salt, excuse me. Right. Those are my favorites of all time. Ain't a better chip around with no barbecue. Don't give me that shit mm. on none of that. Give me them two. I do have to say, I do be killing the barbecue. I think. Yeah, people love barbecue. Yeah, I think my favorite, you know, the Lay's barbecue. I think my favorite that I always go back to, maybe it's because I just always got them as a kid, but. Uh, nacho cheese doritos like that was the ones that i would just i don't know it feels like a crispy pair of new shoes when i pull out that <laughs> you, do, you just take that big triangle out and just crunch like yeah gotta open your whole mouth because that dorito's so <laughs> so big you know what that is one chip i love it's weird i love the way it looks in somebody's hand Mm-hmm. Guess what? They kind of flat. Yeah. They always look good if somebody here when they've eaten them. Every time somebody's eating them, I'm like, damn, I want some. That chip look good as hell. It's a pretty chip because you got to do the whole. You have it with the two fingers, the pointer and the thumb, and then you open your whole mouth and you just kind of like almost do an arc. Yeah. Boom! Crunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you tried to flame the hot Doritos yet? Yeah, everybody, everybody has. I got them. I tried them yet. Are they real hot? Oh, oh, no, you're right. They they're doing it where it's like the hot Cheeto thing on them, isn't it? I guess. Mm-hmm. Then I guess I haven't had those. Oh, you never had them. I got them. They never tried them. Yet. Interesting. I'm delicious. Yeah, I'm sure they were onto something when they did that, because you know people love the. Uh, I mean, so many people I didn't see eating them hot, flaming hot Cheetos. That I understand completely why he was saying that. This is you've seen. You've seen everybody eating the flaming hot Cheetos. It's it's a staple. Hell yeah, that reminds me of the, um, the ice cream truck. It used to come around. I used to go to ice cream program like for the summer, mm-hmm. and it would have like um, pickled eggs on it, hot sausages, and stuff like that on it. Yeah, I seen those kind of trucks too. Yeah, hot Cheetos were a staple. Good times, good times. I had a damn hot sausage the other day, but I had a Tijuana mama. That motherfucker was so hot. <laughs> I'm saying, ain't no way we were eating these like hot sausages. Ain't no way. Hey, I don't know. It's a, uh, you did crazy things. It's just like when people were in high school and they always talk about them eating hot Cheetos in the morning, which is crazy. You just brushed your teeth. So you got mint and hot Cheeto in your mouth at the same time. I just, I don't know what y'all, what y'all do. People really loved them. If you eat them that early, you know what I'm saying? 
I feel like you shouldn't be eating them before lunch for real. Yeah, that's like a mid afternoon. That's type an of afternoon. Snack. Snack. No, you need time. Snack. Yeah. You need. Yeah, time. You need time to shit them out. That's... Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you need. Yeah, you need time to shit them out in peace. You don't want to be nowhere out publicly about the shit. No. That's true. They will be in your stomach, boxing your shit up. Um. Yeah, I don't know, but uh, as you get further through the song, shout out to the things that Bankroll Fresh is talking about. Jeezy's in here, and uh, I think the chorus is mo- it's both of them, but the yeah. portion that I really hit me was uh, it's selling dope by the pot, straight drop it's all there. Yeah, just ran through the bag, it's all there. Pull up if you want to buy a half, it's all there. This is the part that really sticks out. Twenty-eight, thirty-six, a thousand, all there, and he's smart. <laughs> yeah, being a kid and growing up, at least, and listening to like a lot of hip hop music, especially since I grew up in the early two thousands, so trap was trap was the sound at the time, and so it's all these drug dealers, and there are certain numbers that have always been significant to me. Well, I knew they were significant, but I didn't know why when I was a kid. I just always heard them. 36 was one I always heard. Uh, 28, maybe not so much. And 1,000, of course, I always heard. And I just had to really break that down. <laughs> just because, you know, it's just it was all these numbers that you always heard. I was like, why do they always say 36? Like, why do they always say 1,000? I always need. I knew it had something to do with drugs. But I didn't know exactly what. And they didn't know because I'm an American. And we don't use the uh, was it international system, I think. I think we use the metric system. I can't remember. Either way, they're talking about grams. And also, we talk about ounces here. And we just be mixing the two systems, and it don't be working. But essentially, you know, 28 grams, one ounce. 36 mm-hmm. ounces is close to, not exactly, but it's close to a kilo. So a lot of times, people say 36 ounces, meaning they want a kilo and then a thousand, talking about a thousand grams, which is one kilo or kilogram. Um, just had to just had to shout that out there. I think it's an incredible way that you snuck that, not snuck that, but somehow formulated three different measurements to get one kilo in the chorus. I think that was genius. And still be catching. Yes, 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 yes. That boy small. That boy small. small. Was I had to go to college to learn that stuff. <laughs> It's so many of my classes. You take a scientific degree, so many of your classes are going to be based just on um, changing one form of measurement into another, going from, I don't know, grams to ounces to pounds to all this stuff. You have to do it a ton of times. And it never goes away either. It's, It's always going to be in there. I haven't been drug dealing for two days. <laughs> <laughs> I had a quick second day. Hey, y'all, I, I'm good. I don't want to do this I no write, more. <laughs> I, I ain't built for it. I write papers. That's it. I can't do better than this. Yeah, you're going to have to pull out that piece of paper and do some uh, <laughs> do some math every time. But they're using scales <laughs> and mostly measuring in just grams. So that what I'll if your just... scale breaks? Shoot, you, you out of business. You need to get that <laughs> fixed. You need to figure that out. <laughs> Hey, look, you got to take out your cousin's apron. My scale broke. My scale's broke. <laughs> yeah, we got to, I got to wait till Amazon bring me a new scale. So I got a two-day shipping, though, so it's going to be here soon. But you're going to be out till I get that new scale back in here. 
Hey, my shit on priority shit for cousins. It's coming. It's coming. Oh, we in hell. Y'all go scam broke. What you gonna do? Be broke as well. Okay. Mm, Somebody gonna have to measure that shit. Yeah, I don't know. But look, another thing talking about being broke was Jeezy definitely made sure to let us know that he was not. Uh, he mentioned a line that says something about um, that was 05. I was in that 06. I was trying hey. to say, uh, and that's something I've never been able to say. In the year 2005, you were in a car, you know, that was the, the 2006 model. And I've never, yeah, I've never been able to be in a car. I don't even think I've been in a car that was you know, the next year's model and I'm in the last year. Uh, very prosperous. Always wanted to be, you know, growing up, you thought when your parents were going to get a new car, at least I did. Oh, that means we get to get the, the new one, the one that came out this year. No, that's not how it works. Not everybody gets to get a new car when they want to get a new car. Yeah, that's on some real, real rich stuff right there. And you've been rich for a long time. Yeah, for sure. Like, I don't know if we understand that. Like Jeezy now, Jeezy like legend status now. Mm, Jeezy, probably about fifty something, or maybe late forties, maybe late forties. But Jeezy's sure. been rich. Jeezy since... is not fifty. I said late forties. He he cannot be in his late forties. Uh, look, I'm gonna see. Jeezy is forty four. Okay, so mid forties. But you know, yeah, you just had a baby. Shout out to Jesus. Yeah, I did see he just had a baby. Um, I remember him and his wife were talking about like they thought they didn't want any children, but then when they got together, they finally felt safe enough to be like, yeah, we actually do want uh, a baby. So they That's did. That's beautiful. Shout out to them. That is beautiful. Did you watch the Jeezy versus Gucci Man versus? I think. I saw pieces of it. I think I'd be mad because, you know, they'd be talking about nine o'clock. First of all, it's, it's late. They'd be talking about nine o'clock. I'd be like, okay, cool. I show up and ain't nobody in there. I'm dipping. I'm dipping. Y'all not going because this is on the internet. We don't have to do the whole, we got to wait till everybody gets in the club type thing. This is, you can just start at nine. We're here. Don't, don't nobody. It's not even no music playing at nine o'clock. And then we're going to do a 30-minute, 45-minute DJ set. So I keep coming back, and neither of you are on stage yet. So I was like, I ain't going to watch it then. <laughs> and I didn't. That you hot. Sure did. Saw the clips the next day. Not you was hot. Because y'all playing okay. with me. You're playing with your time. You're playing with me. Like you ain't got nothing to do tomorrow. Like I ain't got exactly. Like I ain't got nothing to do tomorrow. I know y'all don't have nothing to do tomorrow, but I got to go to work the next day. They said they can have handle it at nine o'clock because everybody got on uh ninety five. So yeah. you know what they do every day. They ain't gotta wake up at <laughs> five o'clock in the morning. See, they wake up when they want to. Drug is not supposed to sleep ever anyway. You supposed oh to be working God. all the time. That's what they always you always working. You know what? I like heard a phone call one time, and I was like, "This." I thought to myself, "I was like, this should be against the law." Then I thought, "Oh shit, it is against the law," and I see why it's against the law. 
Like these people is real fiends. That's a problem. Oh yeah, no, it's it's dangerous work. It's not good. You're ruining the community. You should not be selling drugs. But you know, I be listening. I like listening to you talk about selling drugs, though. Hell yeah! What is that? Why do people like that? It's a lot of uh, it's glamorous. All the money coming in real fast. You know, well, I mean, they make it sound glamorous. So we know the reality of it is very much not. But you know. That's like that song. Um, that's like that song in my pocket by Pimp C. Mm. Like it sounds terrible to mm. women, but I like the song. Like I shouldn't be listening to this, but I like it. You know? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, look. Might do a study on that. I don't know. People like doing the wrong thing. It's always fun to do the wrong thing. Yeah. But look, you got uh, you got any last thoughts about uh? All there? No, man, that's all I got to say. R.I.P. Bankroll. R.I.P. Bankroll. Long live Bankroll. Shout out to you for making a cool, super dope name that I wish I came up with. <laughs> you got your own cool name. That's true. I do like Troy Track Select. Yeah, that's a great name. So that was a t-shirt. Oh, that dang sound good. Like, oh, like a bank with Jay. <laughs> Man, thank you for asking me in my little my little opinion, man. You been making my week when you ask me about stuff. Yeah. You make me feel like I know stuff. You be doing stuff. A little bit. Well, thanks for coming down to the show. Of course, we always appreciate you and love the support. No All right, you take care, man. Thanks again. Of course. Peace. Peace. Keenan, man, what's what's up? What's going on, Troy? <laughs> too, I see man. I'm back on your uh your your podcast now. Yeah, yeah. Actually you've had yeah, a couple uh couple times on here now. You've had uh I mean kind of mentioned the last Grammy so episode, but you're also on the Tyler thing. You're you're mm-hmm. becoming a regular guest, man. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, yeah. Looking forward to this. Uh, you know. Um explaining why i chose what i chose and mm-hmm. let's get let's get to it yes yeah, so uh you know another year down grammy nomination so what uh what'd you pick um my picks for the people's grammys mm-hmm. on your podcast <laughs> is the first one is maxwell's urban hang suite which came out in 1996 um i think folks are pretty familiar with maxwell and if you're not I don't know what the hell you've been doing, you know, since you've been alive. Um, but yeah, this is his debut album. So um, I chose this album because, like I said before, it's so smooth. It's so groovy, too. And it's like, it's so, it's just, it's it's perfectly, like, placed together, right? Um, and of course, there's, like, hits on here that people, you know, are pretty familiar with, if you know Maxwell. Um and Maxwell just overall, like, you know, charismatic, you know, person. Um, and I think that really just shows in his debut album. Like, he came out with a banger, so that's why I chose that album. And then the second album I chose is Cosmo Grandma by Flying Lotus, which came out in 2010. Uh, Flying Lotus is my second favorite producer, and um, he is a uh, atypical kind of, you know, producer. Like, you're not really going to expect to, you know, you're not going to go in knowing what you're going to expect. Um, so 
with this album, like, yeah, I mean, Flying Lotus, he doesn't really talk on his projects. He just more so just, you know, makes beats. Um, so that's what you get on this album. And yeah, a lot of it's like very off kilter. Um, if you're not familiar with Flying Lotus, this may be the album to get you into Flying Lotus. Um, so yeah, and I think people kind of who are familiar with Flying Lotus kind of regard this as his best album. Mm. Um, I kind of differ on that a little bit, but you know, I think so. Still think it's a classic. So yeah. Yeah. So uh, I guess we'll start with Maxwell. Um, Maxwell Urban Suite. So I remember kind of a while ago on Twitter, you had uh, actually put out like kind of this little, um, like a poll, like a poll between, you know, Maxwell's um, Urban Hang Suite, uh, D'Angelo's Brown Sugar, and Erica Badu's Baduism, and you're kind of trying mm-hmm. to see which one people sort of favored. Um, I'm assuming you favored Maxwell since that's who you mentioned this year, but I don't know. Uh, to, to a degree, yes, but not fully because I think out of those three, I think my favorite probably is um, Erica Badu's Baduism. Mm-hmm. Um, I like D'Angelo. I do. But I'm not really a big fan of uh, Brown Sugar. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's, I think it's a good album. I don't think it's uh, anything really spectacular. Um, and recently, I asked folks, you know, because one of my um, mutuals on Twitter was asking. Well, he was saying that uh, D'Angelo's, you know, cruising is better than Smokey Robinson's cruise. I'm like, yeah, nigga, yeah. you tripping? <laughs> and I'm like, because <laughs> it's like when when I play both songs back to back, and it's like. Nah, the original version is better. I mean, because after a while, like D'Angelo, he, he gets kind of repetitive mm-hmm. um, a little bit. And it doesn't, you know, hit quite the same as the original. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if I had to rank it, I'd probably say Erica Badu's Baduism, Maxwell's Overhang Sweet, probably 1B, and then <laughs> Brown Sugar would be like a little bit lower. But I, yeah, those three albums are like the, um, they kind of like start off this kind of like neo soul type of sound. Yeah, for real. Uh, I actually looked into just kind of doing some research, getting ready for this thing, and I was seeing how Maxwell, uh, how do I explain this? He got a lot of, all the people who played the instruments on his album were people who were much older than him at the time. Like they were 65-ish, 50s, um, people who had been, you know, probably working on, stuff from the 60s and 70s like Curtis Mayfield um, or Isaac Hayes or maybe even um, Marvin Gaye, artists from a different you know, generation from uh, Maxwell. And I think a lot of that has to do with why we get such a like classic feeling sound on here. Uh, it was people who mm-hmm. already knew what they were doing and had been working with, I mean, legends already. You know, the reason he was able to even get with them is because the industry had kind of started to give up on those people. He's like, nah, like, I feel like you're super valid. And I remember earlier you said, you know, this is a super smooth album, which I very much agree with. Um, I'd be seeing you, you know, tweeting some of these (laughs) celebrities Maxwell lyrics. You need to watch out with that. (laughs) I have to see you being horny on the TLs a little while. Wait, you were saying what? I said, I'd be seeing you on Twitter, tweeting out random Maxwell lyrics to celebrities, seeing you horny on the TLs a little while. But you know. Oh, no, I don't. No, I don't, I don't be doing that. Um, 
No, I, I really, I really don't. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, a couple. <laughs> but that's like, that's like 2% of the time. Yeah. yeah. That's 98% of the time I'm wholesome. So, you know. Uh, yeah. But you got a favorite song on here? Anything that kind of jumps out to you when you're going through this? See, that's the thing about classic albums is that you may have like a favorite song or two, mm-hmm. you know, when you first, um, I'm not going to say when you first listen to it because, um, well, I'm going to say when you like really digest the album, mm-hmm. after a while, like certain songs become your favorite. Mm-hmm. And then after a while after that, then another song becomes your favorite. So as of right now, I'm going to say, I'm going to say my top three because mm-hmm. I can't choose just one. Yeah. I'm gonna say Ascension, um, till the cops come knocking, mm-hmm. and dance with me. Okay, are my three songs. Yes. Yeah. Um, man, those. I th- I think you're absolutely right when you talk about a classic album, and you find yourself sort of going back and forth on which song is your favorite. Um, me especially, and it it takes time to get to a level like that when you're listening to an album which is why you know i don't know one of your jokes is like as soon as the album comes out you're like this is a classic because people on twitter love to call everything a classic as soon as it drops but um taking the time and going through something and that is my mark of a classic album is like man i have ended up at some point every single song on here has been my favorite and just kind of keeps rotating i guess depending on my mood for real but uh, yeah, I I don't know. I always thought this album was kind of uh, interesting. I love how <laughs> I think it's I forgot what song it was, but he's like, oh, something, something. Or he's like, you know, if it's cool, we can do a little something, something, which uh, <clears throat> I think is hilarious because everybody thinks if you just put a if it's cool in front of it or after it's like it's not that wild. And I just said that uh, shout out to Yo God. He's talking about, you know, Snapchat me that pussy if it's cool. <laughs> um <laughs> This man right here. <laughs> you know, I I gotta shout. I say I gotta shout him out because I feel like maybe, maybe just possibly, if you say it in the right cadence, they might not be shocked at first to be like, you know what, maybe, maybe, maybe I said a little something. Um, but you know, it's whatever. Uh, but this is definitely one of those albums. I feel like it's so smooth where, if you play it in the car, like it makes you drive different. Like uh, like you coast to all the red lights. Instead of just, you know, you don't want to do a hard break. You just want a real, real slight, smooth. You don't even feel the car stop. It's It's not even that. It's like, it's one of those albums that you put on when it's like super sunny outside. And, you know, I think I said this before, but like when it's like a Sunday afternoon Mm -hmm. and the timing is like 4 p.m. And you put this album on and you're probably doing chores. You know, mm. like, you know, uh, doing laundry specifically. <laughs> and you put this album on, man, this shit hits different. Yeah. Oh, I think with music, what you got to do is you got to listen to it in different environments or when you're doing different things. Mm. Because if you can still, you know, um, really fuck with it while you're doing different shit, then it probably is a really good album. But like, if you just playing it as like background music, not really giving a fuck about like what's going on production wise, lyrically, storytelling, con- like conceptually, all that, then it probably ain't that good. <laughs> but you know, this album right here, I mean, yeah, it's like you gotta play this shit when the sun sun is like beaming. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, it's shit perfect. It's like one of those um, 
I know old heads used to always say like, I remember this specifically when I was younger, he, this guy was saying, you know, these young guys now, they don't have any albums to play. Like when they picking their girl up on a date and you driving somewhere. And this is one of those, I feel like, you know, you can put this on and the whole thing just kind of flows through, you know, there's no kind of hard breaks in it. It's, it's really cohesive. That's what uh shout out to dead in hip hop. Um, yeah, yeah, it's really, really cohesive. Yeah, <laughs> but it, you know, I think that there's a talent in that, and um, we don't see that as much anymore. A lot of people just kind of they just throw you know a bunch of songs into an album and they call it an album. But this, I think, is great when you can have it and just have it play all the way through, um, and I don't know, and feel good about it and don't feel like you got to skip anything. Mm-hmm. It's before Spotify playlists and stuff, you know, you, your whole album, that's kind of what you roll it to. Yeah, but see, that's the thing is, I don't think people listen to albums anymore. I think people, um, this is, this, this, these are some of the weird things people do. When an album comes out, right, mm-hmm. they either, one, you know, obviously call it a classic after like 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, two, they put the album on shuffle for whatever fucking reason. That's insane behavior. That is insanity because you're going to end up playing the last song first and yeah. then the first song last and you're going to be confused as to like what's going on. That's gross. <laughs> gross. Disgusting. Like you doing a disservice to the artist. They have to track list the way it's listed for a reason. Yeah. There's a lot of time they put into like figuring all that out and just putting an album at least, especially like the first time that you've heard it. Other times, okay, but the first time on shuffle, mm-hmm. I don't know about that one. Yeah, I don't think people just. I don't think people sit and digest albums anymore. It's like people are so quick to have a reaction, quick to have, you know, a review. I'm like, mm. did you even process everything that you just <laughs> that you just heard? I mean, I think even Jay Z. Um, even talked about this uh, years ago on The Breakfast Club. He was like, you know, how are you going to call something trash or a classic, you know, after like one listen? Like, how did, did you even like, did you even interpret all the lyrics, all like all the production, everything that was going on? It's like, yeah, I mean, niggas, niggas don't really do that. Uh, streaming has definitely hurt the way people listen to music. So, yeah, um, yeah. but me, yeah, I mean, you know, I hate when niggas be asking me what's my opinion on the album the day it came out. Like, I'm like, nigga, I probably haven't listened to the album yet, or <laughs> I've only listened to it once. Yeah. And eventually, I'm gonna tell you how I feel about the album at some point, whether it be within the next week or the next two weeks. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't be in a rush. I really don't. So, you know, um, I give an album at least three listens, right, to really like, you know. Um, have a really solid opinion. After three listens, if that shit is still hitting, then yes. Mm-hmm. If it's not hitting, no. Yeah. So, yeah, you're definitely right with streaming, just because we have the ability to like look at so many things and so much stuff comes out compared to, or at least we have access to so much more things than we used to. But I think another thing is, I don't. It's still a thing, but there was an era of YouTube where you know the reaction video was like the biggest thing ever. Um, and it was reactions to anything, but then eventually it was like album reactions to where they literally just dropped. And, you know, to get more views, you got to be more ridiculous and more exaggerated. And I think that severely hurt how people um, kind of listen to music and how much of a chance they give it to kind of mm-hmm. soak in, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
But, uh, you know, speaking of other kind of cohesive albums that I feel flow really well, uh, let's let's talk about your your second pick, man. Yeah, Flying Lotus, uh, Cosmo Grammar. Um, was what some what some of the questions you had about it? I don't know, man. I I think it's. I don't know. It's not really a question. It's more of a statement. But I I do know. With uh, Flying Lotus, at least on this one, it's a super space. Actually, a lot of his stuff feels space age to me, anyway. Um, yeah. But mm-hmm. I always wonder, like, how do you capture kind of the sound of the future or space, which is something that we just, you know, you can never know what the future is. You can never know what space really is. Most people will never know what space is actually like. I mean, there's no sound up there. But um, I don't know what draws you to Flying Lotus, I guess. Yeah, it's it's basically everything you just said. Um, really, all of his albums, not that they all sound the same because they, they really don't, mm-hmm. but a lot of them do have a kind of like a futuristic, spacey type of sound. Um, and if you look at like his album covers, like he always has like some of the dopest album covers out there. Like yeah. he really does. Um, and he and Thundercat work often um, and Thundercat also has like a really spacey sound when it comes to his music as well. So I think they kind of like rub off on each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that probably has to do with the reason why I like Flying Lotus so much is because, you know, he he tries to, um, well, he experiments. Um, he's not really afraid to, you know, give you something that you're like, what the fuck? Like, where did that come from? And then after a while, you'd be like, damn, that shit was dope. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, he, he, uh, he throws you off balance, you know. I think it's I think it's that it's the unexpectedness of what he produces is what really entices me about it. Um, and I think overall, and this is my opinion, I think that man has at least two, maybe three classics. I mean, his body of work is really, really good. Um uh only one album from him really disappointed me, but outside of that, I mean he just he has really good work. So I think everybody should listen to Flying Lotus. Yeah, for sure. Um, he is definitely, you know, one of the more popular producers, you know, I would think uh, of the time. And even now, like, I don't know too many producers who really just drop uh, or can drop straight up, you know, instrumental albums or drop albums themselves with no artists on top of them and just let, like, the music be a thing. Like, of course, a ton of people are really talented, but in terms of being somebody who's like always keeping their song moving, uh, Flying Lotus is one of the only ones that's really out there doing it. Mm-hmm. All right. So do you have like a specific favorite song on here or anything like that? I know that's kind of a tough question with something like this. Yeah. Um, just like Maxwell's Urban Hang Suite, um, I can't choose just one song, uh, but I would say my top three uh, is Zodiac Shit, number one. Yeah. Um, I would say the next one is do the astral plane. (laughs) And then I would say the last one is galaxy and Janicky are my three favorite songs off of Cosmogram. I find Lotus. Yeah, definitely understand why those really stood out to me when I was listening to it as well. Um, And those are kind of some of the most listened songs on there, at least Zodiac shit for sure. Um, But again, just like, and may just like Maxwell's Urban Hang Suite, and maybe even more so because it's an instrumental situation and he kind of flows into things. 
differently, but um, this is something where I'm just like, we can play the whole. Th- you know, you put on one song, we can just go ahead and play the whole thing. We don't have to. We don't have to play around. And see, here's my thing about it, right? And this is another reason why I love this album. Mm-hmm. This is scared the hoes type music. <laughs> because you're not gonna play this shit around the hoes, and, <laughs> and and think that shit gonna fly. Like, no, nah, I mean. Nah, this is like even just based off the track list, right? The track list has some very like you know um, strange titles like pickled and nose art and you know computer face slash like I I think he just chooses like random titles for his songs, yeah. Um, and I feel like that works. I mean, that's another thing I like about Flying Lotus is that you know he just he gives like the song just random titles, um. Yeah, I think it plays into kind of because Flying Lotus, at least to me, is sort of mysterious. Uh, And so I I think just having these kind of random uh, titles that don't they all kind of well, a lot of them kind of go with this old cosmic theme on this one. But because they're so strange and so just out there, I think they just add to that kind of mystic feel he's got going on. Mm hmm. Really, you know, it means it's classic album, amazing artist. Uh, it's not too many people who can, like you said, make something so off kilter and so something that kind of knocks you off your balance, but still has that knock and rhythm to it that you can like, nah, I can nod to this, you know. Because um, here's my thing: is that my favorite producer is Matt Lib, right? And yeah. then mm-hmm. you know, when you have Flying Lotus, I think one thing Flying Lotus does do better than Matt Lib is the spacey kind of like futuristic type sound mm-hmm. which madlib can certainly do but he doesn't do do it to the degree that flying lotus does um i mean madlib can do really anything um i don't think there's a beat he can't make um but you know it's just when i look at those two um producers i mean they just they they push the boundaries for me um they, they give a nigga what he needs so <laughs> Uh, and that's understandable because uh, Flying Lotus, he he makes such a world and a universe when he's doing making an album or making any music, period. Kind of makes music where it's like you're mad if somebody interrupts you and you got to turn it off for some reason. Like uh, tons of times where I'd be walking around, you know, campus when I was back in school or something. And like you get to class and it's like, oh, I'm going to have to turn this off so I can see whatever this professor talking about. Whatever it is, is not as important as Cosmogramma. I can guarantee you that. Uh, um, mm, I don't know, man. It's there is definitely a talent to be able to build a world just with sounds and no, uh, no words or no narration to kind of bring you through it. I I feel like I know exactly what's going on and I'm being teleported whenever I turn on really anything. Yeah, like Lotus. Yeah, I think that's a perfect way to describe it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you don't need words. You just got to listen to it. Yeah. The music will speak for itself. And that's what you want, right? Like, you don't want to have to have somebody have to break it down for you and explain it beforehand. It should be able to speak and stand on a song. Mm-hmm. But um, that's, you know, that's really me, man. You got any uh, last thoughts about Cosmogramma? Um, no, I think that's it. Oh, man. You uh, got any last things you want to say about uh, Maxwell? Um, obviously, you know, looking forward to his new album. 
um coming out he's on tour right now mm-hmm. um and uh you know how he's doing like he's been doing this for, like how many years i think over a decade now like the whole like black summer's night type trilogy first mm. was black then the second one was summers then the last one is night so i think that's his next album night is um coming out pretty soon um sometime during the spring um and oh, of course wow. looking forward to it so yeah yeah shout out uh you got any socials you want to shout out or anything like that before we uh log off um parental advisory um my name <laughs> parental advisory uh my Twitter name is at Wavy Keenan. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> took me a second to catch that. <laughs> I, I have, I have, you know, uh, perspectives that um, you you may not like, and I'm unapologetic about it. So you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna back down from it. So, but I'm always, you know, um, if you want to learn, I have plenty of resources. So you know. I'm going to let the audience interpret that how they want to interpret that. <laughs> All right, man. You guys peep uh, Wavy Keenan on, on Twitter. Uh, and, man, of course, as always, appreciate you coming down to the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no problem. All right, y'all. Let's go to the next one. All right, what's up, G? Yo. Yeah, man. Uh, shoot, this is... Everybody, I'm, I'm interviewing a lot of people on this who have been on here plenty of times. And I got to say, I really <laughs> appreciate the love that y'all be showing, man. I, I appreciate you for coming down once again. Yeah, for sure, dog. Anytime. Yeah, man. I think this is, I don't know, this might be your third or fourth time. Uh, you're making the rounds on here. I think it's the here. third epi. Yeah. yeah. Not including the freestyle. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> they should know who you are at this point. No, for sure. No introduction needed. You know what I'm saying? Uh, So, you're here. You know what we're here to do. Who are you nominating and why? What are you nominating? So, the album I nominated for our Back on Track Grammy uh, is What a Time to Be Alive. One of the best collab tapes of all time. Hands down. Drake and Future. You can't beat them, you know? (laughs) Yeah. um, Pretty massive moment when it did actually happen, what made you uh, choose these guys you out of, you know, anything that you could have chosen? Bro, I've been saying what a time to be alive should have won a Grammy since 2016. It came out in 2015, yeah, but it took me a year. But ever since then, like, bro, there are just too many classics on this album, man. You got Digital Dash, Big Rings, Live from the Gutter. Diamonds Dancing, Scholarships, Plastic Bag, I'm the Plug, Change Locations. You can stop me when I name a song that's not a hit. I was like, so Jump you mean every man, song on Jersey, there? Jersey, <laughs> 30 for 30 freestyle, son. Yo, literally, it's a tape you play from front to back. You don't have to stop, bro. It's good for any situation. You can play it at a function. You can play it at a kickback. You can play it in the car. Bro, to, Like it's, it's undefeated, honestly. And it brings together the essence of 2015 in my mind. You know, it really was a great time to be alive. And we were lucky enough to be young and out living our lives during that time as well. Yeah, I was thinking about that kind of like depending on how old you were or where you were in life at this point, this album can kind of mean different things to you. Like you 
you were in college at this point, I believe, yeah. right? And I was still mm-hmm. in high school. Like I was on my way out, but I, you know, I had a couple months left to go. And so like me first hearing this is like a way different experience than somebody who was in school. Like, well, in university, you know, that's a no, for sure, for totally sure. different thing. Um, Cause it's definitely going to hit way, way different if you're in the middle of the club versus, you know, you're it's seven fifteen and you're riding the bus getting into school. Like it's two different, two different feelings. Yeah. I understand that. But from <laughs> my perspective, when this came out, bro, you couldn't go anywhere without hearing one of these tracks. It was just booming. Yo, Drake was on top. Future was at the top of his game as well. You know, and it was just a perfect time for them to come together and do what they do. For sure. I feel like this album and Future, this is something I mentioned on the first day of class episode, the FDOC, but like Future has been responsible for many like Twitter memes and a lot of the Twitter spear. Like there's so many things that involve him that don't necessarily involve him. You know, we just use all these sayings that he has. And he has Mm -hmm. a couple quotes on here that have like totally outlived this album and, and kind of. I don't want to say gotten away from future, but like there's one thing where he's like, you do what you want when you pop and you kind of, you do what you want when you pop. Yeah. When, when you that, do what you want when you pop. that became so big that it was like, I forgot that that was, or maybe didn't realize that that was future, you know? Mm-hmm. No, future really came out here going crazy with it. Drake did the same thing too. Um, 30 for 30 freestyle. Yeah. that was Wasn't crazy. that when homie said, <laughs> You need or you need to act your age and not your girl's age. Bro was coming out. <laughs> he was coming out the gate on him, bro. Yeah, there's a couple of things on here that I feel like um I'll say Drake more so than future, but we start to see sort of a shift in how like mean Drake is getting mm-hmm. and how like <laughs> uh he's he really does a lot on views, which is the album that came out after for him after this one. Um, Cause I think that came out 2016. I feel pretty, pretty strongly about that. Mm. But um, like, for instance, I think it's on, I think it's on diamonds dancing where he just mm. goes on a tirade at the end, like a, a straight diatribe. Like, I don't even know if he had a <laughs> regular verse. He did, but it was short. Yeah, no, he did. He definitely did. He did. It was short, <laughs> but I just feel like that part at the end, isn't even like I feel like he did not write that down. I feel like they just had the beat on and he was just talking over it. And they were like, Yo, we gotta cut this before people realize this man's like a villain. It's too early yet. We have stolen his soul, yo. Yeah. I I just need to pull <laughs> nah. up some of that. My man see. said, You <laughs> You doing me dirty, you making me nervous, haven't even heard from you. You look drained. You That's look the part. That's the part. Girl, I'm late night saying good for you. Who are you really talking to? to? Show on you. Don't hit me up when it's good for you. Ungrateful. And that's right when they you cut mom- it off. Because I think they were like, ah, <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Yo, it sounds even crazier when you're not singing it and you're just saying it. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, that's the thing. He was singing this. Like, not, not just talking it, even though he was basically talking. But he was singing that portion. Yo, he said her mama would be ashamed of her. Her mom would be ashamed. <laughs> this was the debut of Toxic Drake, bro. That's what I'm saying. This is, you know, he shows more of this 
on views, but then even more so when we were talking about Certified Lover Boy. Uh, oh yeah. On I forgot it's one of the last tracks, but I remember you brought it up to my attention on uh on that CLB versus you know Donda episode, um, and I was like this this has been you know a development like we're seeing <laughs> the real Drake change through song. He doesn't care anymore. No. Bro has a song on CLB called fucking fans. Drake doesn't care anymore. Yeah, I think that's the one I was talking about. I couldn't remember the name, but that's the one. Yeah, a couple different things. Like, I feel like uh, the track right before it, uh, what's his name? Future becomes, I think that's like his best, his best verse on here. Uh, it's on, I'm trying to, trying to remember what the name was. Um, Live from the gutter. Yeah. And like, classic. I was looking at just some of the things that he was saying, and the whole verse is very good. Like, whenever Future is very coherent and focused, uh, he can actually really write like a really solid rap verse. And I don't, I don't want to make that seem like Future can't rap on other points, but you know, there's a difference between when Future's like turning his personality up versus when he's like actually just writing something, you know? Yeah, uh, because no. Fu- oh, go ahead, go ahead. Future has two sides, in my opinion. There's trap future and then there's party future, mm-hmm. and you just got to figure out which future you're getting on which given day. Yeah, uh, this is definitely the trap future at this point because sure has a couple. I don't know, just a couple lines on here. That I'm like, Jesus, man. He's like. Cuban links on my wrist. I was on welfare. Woke up in the house. Mm. I look up. I see bells everywhere. I see girls mm-hmm. everywhere. I see scales everywhere. I see hell everywhere. I get mail everywhere. The whole mm. end, the whole second half. I mean, the whole verse is very good, but it's just like a couple of them. Like Jesus, man, what's what's wrong with you, man? Like <laughs> you're really going through some things. Uh, and like the ver- very last line, where he was like. Known to pop a bottle on a model fucker like I'm on my last damn dollar. There was some viciousness in the delivery of that and the line in general where he was like, I'm going all out on this because I don't know how long it's going to last, sort of. I think, in my opinion, the swaggiest song on what it, or yeah, What a Time to Be Alive is Plastic Bag, though. Mm, yeah, that was definitely a moment for you. There's a couple lines there. That, yo, yo, why don't you Drake said, I'll be in the club with the bands like I got the keyboard and the drums with me. Very solid, very solid pick. That's a line. <laughs> I think uh, there's a I moment. think I might have used that line in the club before. Who knows, bro? Like, maybe. <laughs> why not, right? There's a couple things that he says, like, niggas look at us like maybe one day. That's <laughs> wild. <laughs> saying you're somebody's saying dream. <laughs> Yo, I feel like Drake thinks he can get away with saying crazy shit just by singing it. And in a way, he does. I was like, he did. No, it's not like he got, not, <laughs> he didn't get like canceled or something. And people definitely be joking on Drake for sure. I mean, that's what we're doing right now. Uh, it's just there's nobody in his tax bracket that's like, we need to do something about this. Except for Kanye. Mm. 
But he's not trying to like stop anything that Drake is doing, really. It there is. was a time. There was a time. Not anymore. Now he's more focused on Pete Davidson. Yeah, very focused on that man. I'm not mm-hmm. gonna let this derail into Pete Davidson because I don't no, know. No, 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 no. We could go on we <laughs> can go we can make a whole nother episode about that. Yeah, that that whole situation is weird. I, I saw way too much that I did not consent to see. <laughs> I'm gonna bet with your wife. <laughs> We're not doing it. Um, I know, I know, I know. There's, <laughs> there's another line on here, on on plastic bag, where Drake is saying, yeah. uh, "It's a good night to dance on me." Another wild line to say to someone. <laughs> like I'm he so up right now. I'm so <laughs> up right now. I'm gonna let the strippers know. Hey, it's a good day. It's <laughs> it's a good night to be with me. It's like you already know, but just in case you didn't, you should probably come over here. Right, like <laughs> they're already flocking because whenever Drake and Future come to town, we've all seen the pictures of throwing fifty thousand dollars, you know, in a club. Future, I think, talks about on this song. He's like, I think we broke a record last night. Yeah, he says ordered sixty thousand ones. Told the owner about to break a record. <laughs> Yo, breaking strip That's club hard. records is very hard, and at Magic right. City. Was it Magic City? Nah, it was. Yeah, Magic City on a Monday. Yeah, Magic City. Like, I just can't fathom something like that. You know, I think the one time I went, this is the difference in money. At the, t- I also didn't even really have a job at this point. But um, this is the difference between Drake, Future, and I in tax brackets. You know, I went in there like, hey, please nobody talk to me because I don't want to have to tell you I don't have any money. <laughs> <laughs> He's going around telling them, hey, it's a good day if you dance on me tonight. Please don't. Bro, what? <laughs> I'm walking I in there stiff. I can safely say I have never been in that position in a strip club in my life. Hey, I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> Why did you go? <laughs> Bro, Didn't I didn't even know. That's where we're going. We picked a club. It was supposed to be a regular club. And then we we had the Uber already taking us there. And then on our way there, we started to notice more and more things that were letting us know this was a strip club and not a regular just we're dancing club. Well, and one, it was probably way out in the cut. I, I honestly don't remember. I was in. Yeah. So I, at the time I was in Miami. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, and like we were just trying to go to a, a regular club. Like, yeah, we want to go out, dance, whatever. And then as we're on our way there, we start to see like different reviews and things that are letting us know, oh no, this is a strip club. I, we kept trying to tell ourselves, nah, it's like a regular club, but all the <laughs> all of the evidence pointed otherwise. And then we were there, and I was like, well, I mean, we're here, so might as well just go inside. True. Hey, you can uh, you can redact this in the final cut, but it wasn't Tootsie's, was it? Nah, nah, nah. Uh, I was about to say you can't act like that in Tootsie's, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm living. You gotta at least get a shoulder rub or something. Yeah, I'm living a different lifestyle now. I'm a uh, I'm a redeem myself. <laughs> that was a rough night in the club. I was probably the dude looking at Drake saying, "Maybe one day." <laughs> Yeah. 
Matter of fact, I know for sure if he was there, I would have been because I was looking at this one dude who had, I remember he had this like red puffy jacket on and he had a, I mean, handful of ones. Like my friends and I were like, something's different about him because they brought his money to him and like (laughs) the girls are sitting with him and they're like just chilling. They're not dancing. Like this is clearly a super regular and he had like real, real bands. And you know, when they bring it out to you, in the plastic bag, like oh, yeah. wrapped. This is a different. This is a different type of dude. You already right know it's gonna. Honestly, if if I see that when I'm at a strip club, I'm just gonna leave, bro. Cause sure, sure. That ain't, that ain't for me, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't compete with that. I mean, I'm thankfully, out. you know, it was kind of like it was kind of like Kobe sitting on the sidelines, like letting everybody else get their minutes in first, and then he's like, "All right, I'm about to, <laughs> I'm about to go in there and drop 60. So I think you he was. <laughs> yeah, I think he was just letting us. <laughs> I think it was just like letting us hang for a little bit, and we left before he started to drop sixty, and we didn't have to feel that. No, for sure, for sure, because that would have been kind of embarrassing. Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, we would have just been sitting there, so like maybe he would have broke us off a piece. I'm like, here you go, dog. I'm like, uh, yeah, pass me the ball. No, some of that shit would have fallen on you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> now what you doing? You getting rained on? <laughs> Yo, that's so why <laughs> you gotta fight him, bro. <laughs> that sounds like a Drake bar. You getting rained on with the strippers is a. Very disrespectful <laughs> idea. Yo, oh man, no, for real. You you either got to fight or you got to leave. I'm not gonna let you make it rain on me too. <laughs> I'm not taking my clothes off, bro. <laughs> I'm sorry, I choked on that one. Yeah, we're gonna um, I, I we're marking now. If this ends up as a Drake bar, no, it came from us. It's going to end up as a me bar. Yeah, I mean, like, it deserves to be our <laughs> own bar, but I'm just saying, if that track doesn't get out first, or if Drake comes out with something afterwards, it was definitely, it came from came from back on track. Let them know. Listen, bro, we already know Drake listens to the pod. He's just waiting. He's oh, yeah. rubbing his hands like Birdman to drop a cease and desist on us. Do <laughs> you say it's on us? <laughs> it's on me. It's on me. <laughs> you are not liable. Yo. Yo, but it's only the episodes I'm on where we're really talking greasy. Like- no, it, it really is. Because you bring Drake up because you love Drake. And I love Drake, too. But you bring him up. And then the first thing we're like, you know what? Let's cut him down a little bit. Let's yo, yo. It, he deserves it, though. He deserves it. We're just like, let's slander. Let's slander. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, some other stuff that, like, pops out to me. Again, with those, like, future quotes that he's talking about like uh i think it's very funny you have two different types of singers you have people who can like really sing and you kind of have some people who like sing sort of as a joke or they do sing but it's not like it's not traditionally good and future falls in that second category and i can't believe we've let future get away with like the Falling in a club, no jersey. I've been on it. Dirty. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that's wild. And Girl, we were he like, killed that though. He killed it though. But this is what's hilarious. Is I know, like, when you're in the booth, there's no other music. It's you and the headphones. But you were just sitting there, and everybody just hears that weird falsetto that Future has, and was like, "Wow, leave it in." Leave it in. And it worked. Yo, it worked somehow. I was about to say, when that song came out, Future had cars full of niggas singing in falsetto, yo. <laughs> and like, 
that's the thing. He Future is not a traditionally good singer. He just does stuff, I guess, confident enough because he hits that falsetto a lot. Like this isn't a one time thing for him. Bro, his auto tune goes kind of crazy though. But did he even have fall? Uh, no, he did. Uh, he did. He did for sure. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> It just wasn't like either that or his engineer is Mike Dean, yo. <laughs> it just wasn't like uh, like T Pain level auto tune where it's supposed to sound robotic, I guess. But yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's still crazy that he did that, and we were like, yeah. And then we were like, that's our favorite part. That's the part that sticks out to us. <laughs> we're waiting for that part to come on so we can all hit that falsetto because we all sound like that. Yo, other than Drake talking shit at the end of the song, that's the best part. Yeah, not a. I mean, it's a super iconic part for sure. Uh, another portion of Drake revealing himself, which I think is very funny. I I think before this point, Drake had only talked about like getting drugs for other people or for the women <laughs> who are with him. Like they, you know, they're like, "Hey, I got you some pills because I know that's what you like." Type thing. I, I remember he was yeah. talking about that on uh, well, on several songs, but I remember. On a Tuesday. On um, on a Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Club going up on a yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, Zans in the Advil bottle. Yeah, I'll take them shits, but you do. Uh, <laughs> so, but on this one, and I think this is starting the the switch to when Drake starts like casually taking sort of hardcore drugs. Um, is it's on on the plug, and he says, "I just dropped a jig in my Red Bull, and it really gave me wings." Because yeah. I remember specifically after that, you know, sicko mode where he was like, uh, took a half a half a Zan. Yeah, half a Zan on the plane and it knocked him out. You know, maybe it's time to start worrying about Drake, man. Who knows? Drake took, I mean, he probably only put a quarter. If he put a half a Zan, or if he took half a Zan before he got on the plane, he only put a quarter jig in his drink. I don't know. He's he's working his way up there. You feel me? And there's a point where it was in a man. I can't believe we almost left that. I mean, I'm not gonna say almost, but like on a jump, was it jump man? Where he's like, uh, uh, I think I need some Robitussin. Yeah, he's yeah, been, that was. At the, he's hanging with Future. He's been taking drugs <laughs> more and more often, and they're always lean or some some uh, are pills narcotics. Uh, for sure, for sure. I'll say opioid, some type of opioid. It's not the same. That's the same thing, bro. Yeah, opioids are narcotics, but you get the point. Yeah. It, it, you know what I'm saying? And, and future don't even do that no more. Hey, listen, bro. Drake been trying to tell y'all he be off the shit. You remember a hundred racks? My man said whole free band on Xanax. Y'all can't do no damage. Raw cup doesn't don't matter. This one tastes like candy. You feel oh my me, God, bro? He's been telling y'all. Yeah, I just think it's interesting the character switches that we start to get. The character development. Um, slowly but surely turning into the villain more clearly every day. This is definitely Drake's supervillain era. Yeah, for sure. This is the period. I think right after this, he starts to get into the Meek Mill. Beat. No, that's before. No, that's before. Yeah, before. So all that has happened at this point. Yeah. Yo, you know what I just thought about? What's up? The most toxic collab tape ever, bro. Yeah. Drake, Future, and Ye. Featuring Party Next Door. Mm. They ever collab 
on a whole tape, it's over. I don't know if it. I mean, Kanye is crazy. Like he, he he's letting us know that on a regular basis. Um, yeah, we've been known that. Yes, though. yes, yes. But I don't think Kanye would would do it. I think everyone else would be like, yeah, I'll I'll be in there because Drake and you know Drake and Future. I think this is really the first time we've seen them hang out this often, and after this, it's like a thing every time we see Drake and Future. We're like, oh, like the the band's back together again. Yeah, for sure. But Kanye would not. I, I don't think he would be able to interact with all. If he wanted to, of course, but I don't think that's his. Isn't thing. Future producing Kanye's album? He was supposed to do the Donda two. I don't. Exactly. Was it Donda two that he was supposed to produce? Yeah, yeah. Let's check on this. I'm pretty sure that's what it was supposed to be, but uh, outside of that, though, I almost left out the big songs for me, at least at the time, and these were kind of the biggest singles, like Big Rings and Jumpman mm-hmm. were astronomical, colossal hits that just banged you over the head. You could not get away from Jumpman. Any no, sports no, highlight... Not at all. Any sports highlight of any kind, college, NBA, even football, maybe that was going to be on somebody's highlight reel. They dropped that as a single, didn't they? I don't even know. I just remember Loki. This was kind of like I heard this was coming, but I thought it was it was kind of like a rumor. And so I was like, I'm not going to believe it until it comes out. And then it came out. And I was like, all right. Yeah, that joint went five times platinum. For sure. For sure. Jeez. Yeah, and Big Ring, same thing. That's a championship song right there. Mm-hmm. 100%. And, you know, for this coming out in 2015, it could have come out today. It still lit, bro. Yeah. It, it still rings off for sure. Yeah, definitely still could have come out today and done. <clears throat> I uh, feel like it aged better than it was when it first dropped. Hmm. I want everybody that's listening to this right now to pause the episode. Go pick up Spotify, Tidal, Apple Music, whatever your streaming center of choice is, and go listen to What a Time to Be Alive. And I want you to blow up Troy's comments and DMs and tell him that I'm right and this (laughs) album aged better than it was when it first dropped. (laughs) I guess harass if you want. I suppose <laughs> if that's what you got to do with your free time. Sure. Um, but you got a, do you have a, what's your favorite song here? You got a favorite song on here? If I had to pick one song out of the whole album as my favorite song, um, it would probably be change locations. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Me and my friends, we got money to spend. That's a good strip club song too. Yeah, yeah. They they really actually did make the rounds on this one. Um, just like you said earlier, it really does go with a ton of things, like a ton of settings in the car, at the club, at the kickback, just kind of in the background. It really. I don't think about it, but it they really made this work in a lot of different ways. Uh, you got any last last second thoughts before we uh, see what else we got going on? Um, last second thought, let me end it off on saying, um, everybody was asking what would happen if 
What a Time to Be Alive didn't win back on Track's Grammy episode as the best album that was nominated. And I guess we'll never find out. Oh, boy. <laughs> you know, as soon as you, as soon as you started, I knew where that was going. <laughs> and if I... I had to. If I was a lesser man, I would have cut it right in the middle and be like, yep, technical difficulties. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> but you know me. We're going to keep it in. Bro, you can't cut it out. No, I'm not cutting it. Uncut boys. You don't know bleeps. <laughs> uh, oh, you want to shout out your socials before we uh, before we dip? Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Hey, I made a little rebrand action. Hit me up at Ducey Poppy with five eyes wait is it four or five eyes it's five eyes on all socials also follow it's valor i already told you the o is a zero you know the vibes and that's it shout out to dj five venom shout out to sick world music shout out to all my people out there north south east west overseas we out here all right man thanks for coming on the show dog anytime bro all right so what's up, Key? What's up, Kiasia? I'd like to welcome you to the show. Um, it's great to finally have you here. <laughs> it's good to be here. I'm excited. You've actually been on the show. This is your third time on the show. I don't know <laughs> if you're <laughs> totally all the way aware of that. This is your third time popping up. Um, yes, so. it's good to be here live. <laughs> yeah, like you've never been here live. Everything else has been like a, a voice message or something like that. Uh, second thing is that you, uh, were one of the voices on the 20th episode special. So you, you had one of the verses on there. Uh, this is that key Asia, if you all don't know. Um, and actually, you know, my, my favorite guest verse, a lot of people's favorite guest first. So, um, kudos to you for that. Cause that was very impressive. I was not anticipating for you to, to do all of that. You had your own course and everything. I'm glad you saw the vision. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it was really, really good. I was like, oh, wow. Like, I got to. <laughs> I, was... I tried to understand the assignment. <laughs> no, you did a you did a very good job. I was like, yeah, this is this is this is what I'm looking for. <laughs> I was I was extremely proud of that effort there. <laughs> um, OK, so. You're here because of the People's Grammy. So who did you want to nominate and what did you want to nominate for this uh, this award? Um, Who, I guess who and what all go on the same, either Jasmine Sullivan um, or for her latest project, Hotels. Mm -hmm. That is, that just needs all the praise to me. She just needs all the praise to me. She needs all the Grammys, everything. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think so right now. I don't think she has any Grammys for any of the things that she's dropped. Is that that's correct? I believe. Right. You're right. Yeah. yeah. She just recently started getting recognized with like awards in general. Like I think she got like her first Soul Train award or something like mm -hmm. last year. Yeah. So I've um seen a lot of love for her very recently because of this album and like when she was on stage there getting her award, it seemed to be I didn't know that at the time, but it seemed like that. It seemed like one of those yeah. kind of long deserved flowers yeah, type moments. <laughs> yeah. Um so why why hotels? Why Jasmine Sullivan? 
Um, well, overall, I just really like Jasmine Sullivan because she just has a very rare voice. Like her vocal techniques, her range, everything is just, it's giving. And she always gives the best performances. Like she always gives good runs and everything. And then her songs, Specifically on hotels, I feel like it was specifically so relatable. She brought a lot of different um, people with their experiences for each of the different interludes. We got to hear different tales and different scenarios, and you could relate in that aspect. And then all of the songs, not only were they catchy, but like I said, they were relatable, and each one had its own different style. And she just really, in each one, she gave a phenomenal vocal performance like she always does. Mm -hmm. So all of that combined to me, I just feel like she needs a lot more appreciation than what she's been giving. Um, And previously, I feel like she did. She has always deserved this because she's always been given great music and great runs, great vocals. Um, But just this one specifically, I think it just really was a good topic and a good relatable story to give out at the right time as well. So, Yeah, and about that relatability, like I noticed this was one of those albums that, um, you know, a lot of people connected to, a lot of women specifically uh, mm-hmm. And it's very rare when you see an album that like people really, really connect to and really talk about. Like, I think the last ones that I remember seeing that had a similar effect were like uh, Scissors Control mm-hmm. and I think Summer Walker's still over it. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah. And, th- and this one, even though this one came out before still over it, I think. Um, it did. Yeah, but what do you think it is about this album or some of these songs on here that's like kind of made it a, a cultural moment where I just see people like online just tweeting lyrics, you know, tweeting different different parts about it? I think where Jasmine really succeeded on this album is the diversity of all of the different tales because mm-hmm. like I said, it's not just about like while it is geared towards women, it's women in different situations. It's, you know, women who are really in love with their men. It's women who are always dealing with men who, you know, aren't doing anything good for them. It's, you know, women who are focused on themselves can't aren't getting men. They're trying to figure out, you know, what they want for themselves. So it's really just overall, it's a lot of different messages that I feel like can relate to a lot of different people where they are in their lives. Whereas a lot of the other albums, I feel like each of the artists were at one point in their life specifically to where we're following that journey with them. Whereas the hotels, we're following different journeys of different people and we can relate in different aspects of each of those journeys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think that was kind of a genius idea of having yeah. like <laughs> it's not just her story. Um, you know, you, if you look at the track list, there's several different people's names, you know, Antoinette's tale, Ari's tale, etc. Um, and it's like these different people at different points in their lives are doing different things. And I, I think that having that broad range of, I mean, characters, literally, literally uh-huh. real people um, telling their story and then kind of having a song that relates to that. I think that really helped reach a super huge and kind of vast audience and why so many people felt you know represented by this definitely and then add the great vocals and the beat yeah you got the album (laughs) yeah i mean um jasmine is one of the stronger singers of this generation probably one of the strongest singers of this generation if not you know the strongest major kind of artist Mm -hmm. um and she's been 
around like I was kind of wondering I was like you know why is it now that all these people are kind of gravitating towards Jasmine right. but really it's just she has really long gaps between her albums I didn't notice that before but there's like you know five year and seven year gaps between um yeah stuff that she'll sing because I remember like I saw somebody tweeting this once they were like you know you guys got to remember because Jasmine's getting all this love now but Jasmine's not a new artist by any mm-hmm. means uh, some people might think that just because you see somebody getting so much love at at this time, right? But this came out in 2021 originally, and now there's like a kind of a new um, Motels version. But then her last album was 2015. And mm-hmm. I think the one before that is 2010. Like those are long gaps um, yeah. when you're talking about kind of any musical artist. Um, and so that's kind of had a lot of people confused because Jasmine Sullivan has been around since I was a kid. Like I remember having burnt uh, CDs for people who wanted to have, <laughs> like Jasmine, Chris Brown's yeah. No Air on there. Um, <laughs> they wanted that. Matter of fact, it was one of my teachers. She asked me, she's like, hey, can you burn a copy of Jasmine Sullivan and Chris <laughs> Brown uh, No Air on there, which is kind of insane. But whatever, I did it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of a crazy moment and album and not a lot of people can have something like that where they really touch people is there a song on here that you or songs on here that you like that really stand out to you and that you maybe possibly uh connect to mm. honestly i i wouldn't say i necessarily connect to all of them i guess like each one is, I feel like, I, I like it a lot because I feel like I connect to each one at a different point mm-hmm. in time. Like, some of them I have felt, some of them I totally haven't. But at the same time, they're all really relatable. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like each one, there's a little bit of me in each song. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I, I relate to each each one of them. But I do have definitely favorites, of course. But each one, as far as the relatability factor, all of them are, are hitting that, that mark. Yeah. Which one's your favorite? Which one's your favorite songs? Um, my favorite songs, my favorite song on the deluxe, like all the deluxe songs she added were so good. Mm-hmm. Um, BPW and Roster are like my top two, like on repeat mm-hmm. right now. As far as the first album, I really, really like, or like the original songs. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorites are Bodies mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and I would say put it down. Those are my two. I really love those. Yeah. That one, Bodies was definitely like quite an intro. Um, I know. That was really a way to start an album. <laughs> I was really, when I first, I remember first like sitting down and like playing it. And I'm like, oh, she she's starting it. These are really the hotels <laughs> up in here. Yeah, I love yeah. that. I think, I think, yeah, that one really set the tone in terms of like, hey, what this album is going to be about. And it's not always about like, sex specifically or your relation to mm-hmm. someone else specifically but but you know when you have something called hotels people are like all right what's what's really about to happen in here right um and starting it off with and that's this is a moment that a lot of people have seen themselves in it's like man what am i doing like especially if you go to you know you go to school you go to college and you get out there and um you know in the world uh, um you just see you can get a little sloppy like Fortunately, I've never been in a situation where it's like I don't remember who I was with last night. That's 
That's mm-hmm. a very scary thing. Um, but that definitely was like a a shock. And she's like, you know, I know my mom would be right like, so disappointed <laughs> in me, um, which is I think a lot of people. You know, a lot of people been like, yo, my mom would see me right now. She'd be like, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> yeah. See, like, exactly. I feel like that's that's another, yeah, that's just, you're explaining the good, <laughs> relatable factor that I have with the song. Because, yeah, I haven't been in, like, those type of situations. Mm-hmm. But it's like, uh, I, can, I can understand. I can feel it. I feel, yeah. feel where you at. And, and she's asking, you know, she's saying, like, <laughs> talking to herself, like, get it together. Right, uh, which I think is so funny because I I know a ton of people have just looked in the mirror and be like I need to I need to stop, I need to relax. Um, yeah, man, this is something that is I don't know. Um, like at first when the album first came out, I couldn't even I couldn't even listen to it at first. That was only because I was like, literally just just got my heart broken from some girls. So I was not trying to hear no positive. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, I'm an independent <laughs> nothing at the time. And uh, so I did, I I knew it was good. Like I listened to it kind of when it first came out. I list, I went listened to it like literally one time. Um, and I was like, that's enough of that until <laughs> until I can heal and listen to this separate from myself. Um, but she. Yeah, and there are some parts in there where she's. Uh, talking about she's like got some hot girl moments in there and I'm like you know riding around playing it um, and I'm like first of all lower your voice when you're in my car (laughs) (laughs) you're not about to talk to me like that like I did something because I didn't do nothing Um, but yeah it's it's very out there and in your face and I think the thing that women and everyone would appreciate a ton about this project is just how um, vulnerable she is on there and how much she is choosing to be herself and own up to, you know, everything that she is. And I think that's really a huge thing that like people love about it. I definitely agree. Um, Are there any last thoughts that you have about it that you want to share before, uh, before we go on to the next one? Um, just the fact that I am going to be seeing her live. Hey. So excited. I'm so ready to see her, for her to just bless my ears with all these songs live. Oh, I just am so excited. Yeah, it seems like everybody and their mom was going to see her. I've seen several I people. It does seem like that. That everybody I know going to go see her. And you just added to the list, so. Got to, got to. Got to give her flowers. Yeah. Got to go It's once in a lifetime type stuff, man. These types of singers are, are you know, kind of a dying breed. So to, to see them right. actually get their flowers and be able to support and be able to go see them in person, uh, especially after, you know, COVID hit and big 2020, um, mm-hmm. you got to do it. Anyway, but uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks for coming on the show. <laughs> Finally, live. Uh, yes, glad to glad yeah. to be here live. This was great. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. Uh, before we go, do you have like uh, any social media you want to plug or something like that? I, I usually give everybody a chance in case they want to share something. 
Oh, yeah. Follow me on um, Instagram and Twitter at underscore Virgo 16. And follow me on Instagram and TikTok um, at beautified with um, spelled with E-Y-E-D. Beautified by Key. Instagram, go. TikTok. Follow go. that makeup page. And that's Key as in K-I, y'all. Just K-I. So right. Yeah. Thank you. Cool.